Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Streaming live each and every day, maybe not every day, <laughs> weekday. I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom. Personal things had to do yesterday, so I wasn't able to come on and talk about all this goodness. But I'm back. You know, I'm back, and we're going to dive into a lot of what the legends had to say about this game. Because I thought some of it was very relevant. Sometimes Mike, you know, Uncle Mike, you know, he can, he can be a little crazy. But he said some things that I thought was very, very relevant and prevalent. And we'll get into that. Troy Aikman spoke up. Um, Kurt Warner spoke up. Got to check out Kurt's stuff. So we'll detail some of that as well as... Some of the things that Mike McCarthy had to say in his press conference that, I'm not going to lie to y'all, has me looking at him a little sideways. Yeah. I'm looking at Mike I'm, I'm looking at Mike a little sideways right now. Not too confident in, in that, that end of the season presser. Now, again, it's, it's a press conference. It is, but it is. But he did detail some things that made me say, huh? Like, come on, Freaky Mike, as my guy Jesse Holly would say. Uh, and then it is Fan Friday. So we'll jump into... We'll, bring back the mailbag segment that we used to do every so often. Uh, we'll do that more often in the off season. And uh, it's, a, it's a way for you guys to get your takes out there, your questions, and then uh, be featured on the show. So I got about six questions from the mailbag. We'll detail throughout this show. And of course, uh, we'll open the phone lines a little bit today. If you don't know the phone line number, let me get it up here. Here you go. 351 999 Throughout the mailbag, throughout the day, we'll uh, open the lines and talk. I see my guy Foots is in the building. Speaking of some off-season stuff, we're probably going to do some uh, more draft things that we did last last year. I think Foots might have been the first person I did the on the clock draft series with. I can't remember, but I think it was you, Foots. I think we did safeties, so I know where to go for my safety uh, portion of the show. So we'll we'll detail that sometime. We'll get together and figure it out, but. This week, today, we put a bow on the 2022 wild card loss. And then next week, we start to dive into different segments. Like I said, the structure of the show is going to probably be different moving forward um, so we can get into the offseason talk. I, I, I let myself have a week to deal with this this loss, a week to kind of get through the 2021 season in regards to leading up to the wild card loss. And, and unfortunately... It's time to move on at some point. So after today, you know, obviously we'll we'll talk about the 2021 season. But after today, that's it, man. You know, this will be the first weekend of uh, no Cowboys football since week eight, week nine, whatever the whenever the bye week was. So it'll be real strange, but um, it's here. I, I see it really didn't hit me until today that, damn, this is it, man. There's no Cowboys ball to prepare for anymore. This is it. You know, so uh, no Cowboys actual games until August. It sounds depressing, but the offseason can be fun, and we're going we're gonna to make it fun. I promise you. All right, let's get to some shout-outs prior to the roundup. A.J. Torres, Stevie Mac, the Mod God, Anthony Moore, Sully, Miss Charlene, Professor O. What's up, Professor O? Come on, man. I'm doing that. Here we go. Frankie Franchise, Paul. I uh, cannot pronounce that one there. Will Anthony Stage, K-H-Y-O-O-1. What's up? Matt Goddix, 
uh, our members. Shout out to our members that have been in here too, by the way. I told you I was going to try to do some different things this offseason. Um, who else? We got here. Boxster, Captain America, Stage, Carson Smith, my guy Foots in the building, Irvin, uh, Adam, Matt, Primetime, Phil, Antoine, Okafor, what's up? Lawrence Moore, J Mart, Fishing, over here on Facebook, Junior, Leos, Lance, Bell, Mo, Z, CJ Richards, what's up, CJ? Uh, <laughs> put in a PTO recording. <laughs> Peter Rizzo, Mosey, and uh, the many, many more coming through. I will upload the audio on, where are we at? Boom, right here on one of those podcasting platforms later. So make sure y'all tune into that. Or if you want to listen to uh, Mauricio's show from last night, if you missed it, he uploaded the audio on there as well. Uh, good morning, Mary. Good morning, Miss Sheila. My guy, Mel Hayes, just jumped in the building. Let's jump this thing off with the roundup, and then we'll come out of it talking about some of the things that these legends had to say about these Dallas Cowboys. It is time for It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. This is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Real quick, I want to switch something up. A solution for your fitness goals, whether it be weight loss, strengthening up, toning up, sports, or stress relief. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. You can check out Texas Family Fitness at any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Bear with me real quick. Low-key building a plane while it's in the air. Boom. Now we good to go. First up, the Giants now add their name to the list of teams that want to interview Dan Quinn. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, right, when we figured that Joe Judge was going to be fired or when he was fired. He said, be on the lookout for the Giants coming for Dan. He's from New Jersey. He's, he's around from that area. I mean, that team is not that good to me. But, hey, you know, head coaching job is a head coaching job. So Dan Quinn is added to the list. Everyone wants Dan Quinn. There's eight openings, right, eight or nine openings, probably seven or eight of them, all of them, want Dan Quinn at least to interview the guy. So, to put it lightly, guys, I don't think Dan Quinn is going to be back. Put it this way. The odds of him returning are slim to me. I would love to keep Dan, but I'm kind of prepping in my head that he's not going to be here. I think the way to keep him here, honestly, is to fire Mike McCarthy and make him the head coach. I don't see any other way. If Dan wants to be a head coach, there are eight opportunities out there at least. I'm sure there's one that he looks at as a a solid opportunity and and will likely take it if he wants to be a head coach. Now, our friend Brian Broadus of 105 Through the Fan, former Dallas Cowboys scout, he says he likes Mike Zimmer as a guy to keep an eye on outside the, uh, the building as a candidate. And we've talked about Zim here a bunch once we realize hey, there's a possibility that Dan Quinn could be gone. And I'm still on the fence about Mike Zimmer. And, and it's not because I don't think he's a good defensive mind, because he is. But 
I had a feeling that is he out of touch with the players? And then you hear actual Minnesota Viking leaders and players come out and talk about a culture problem in Minnesota. So that's what makes me a little worry about uh, Mike Zimmer being your defensive coordinator in Dallas. I don't want another Mike Nolan situation, right? I don't want another Mike Nolan situation. The, the people, the, the, the players didn't buy in with Mike. He didn't, he wasn't in touch with today's game. Here's what Minnesota Viking leader Eric Hendricks had to say about the cultural situation in Minnesota. He said, I quote, I think from an overall standpoint, you want a culture where communication is put at the forefront and no matter what your role is on the staff, you you having a voice and being able to communicate things that you think could help facilitate wins, Kendrick said. I think I just... I think just having that voice, no matter how big your role is, is important to listen up and take each other's feelings into account. I don't think a fear-based organization is the way to go. Sounds very old schooly. Sounds very Mike Nolan-y. And, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of fans who, who love that old school mentality. And listen, I, some aspects of football, you got to keep the old school feel, right? But... What made Dan Quinn so successful here was not having that complete old school, you know, grab you by the face mask, throw you in the dirt, what I say go, shut up type of mentality. He was able to connect with his defense in a way that they wanted to play for Dan. They didn't want to let Dan down. And he was. when you do that, you're able to get the most out of your players, whether it be a star, whether it be a good player, whether it be a role player or backup guy. So you got to be careful. Mike Zimmer is a good defensive mind, but if he can't come in here and the players do not take into what he's saying because he can't reach them, that could be another Mike Nolan situation. Mike McCarthy spoke at his presser. And again, we'll go over some of the things he said. Some of it just a little sideways here, but one of the things were was about his play calling situation here. Mike says, uh, there's no plan to overtake play calling responsibility. I don't think that's the best way to run an offense. A person who installs it calls it. And as of right now, that's offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. As of right now, again, there's eight openings. There's a lot more qualified head coaching candidates to me than Kellen Moore. I know how I feel. I've been saying it for multiple years. Not a head coach guy to me. But me personally, I hope he gets an opportunity so that we can move forward on the offensive coordinator, from the offensive coordinator standpoint. Now, there's a question later in the mailback that we'll get to about candidates and things like that. But for those that wanted Mike McCarthy to call plays, sounds like that's not going to happen. And I just have to think, man, for a guy that called plays his whole life, his whole career, I get when he came here, they cut his nuts off and made Kellen. All right, listen, whatever, Kellen's here. But if Kellen's not here anymore, what's the excuse of not calling plays? And it goes back to what we've been saying forever. To me, that means Jerry is not allowing him to call plays. I think Jerry wants a walk-around head coach. Jerry, Steven, whoever. So if Kellen goes, whoever they bring in as offensive coordinator, 
they're going to allow that person to be the OC, install the game, whatever, whatever. And honestly, as long as it's a guy that I like, you know, be personally, I'm just speaking personally, or a guy that is respected or a guy that is proven or a scheme that's proven, I don't give a damn. I'm cool with that. Because I don't know what, what Mike McCarthy is as a play caller in this new Mike McCarthy era. But if you get me a guy that has a proven system, I'm good with that. Some other things that he said in this press conference. Uh, Zeke Elliott played on a PCL injury since week four. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this up. He played on a PCL injury since week four, and he says no surgery is required. Rest will do. Well, coach, if rest will do, why didn't you rest them? If rest will do, why didn't you give the ball to Tony Pollard more? I, it doesn't really make any sense to me. And I'm not saying rest him at the end, you know. But week 18, did he really need to play? I get you 1,000 yards, I guess. Week 6 to 8, did he really need to play? Maybe those three weeks would have helped Dallas later down the stretch. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking of some common sense things, Cowboys Nation. <laughs> I'm just thinking of some common sense things. Why not rest them? Nonetheless. And then the one that really got me kind of like, come on here. And, and, and most of Cowboys Nation is that McCarthy said he sensed. He sensed that there was some nervousness around the team. Then he tried to retract it and say anxious and all this stuff. First of all, this this to me, this is very this is equivalent to Xavier Woods coming out and saying, yeah, man, you know, we don't go 100% every play. And then we dubbed him Mr. 75%. Coach, we understand there's nervousness. We understand. We, we get it. You don't need to be telling us that there's nervousness. You need to be telling us how you got the team ready to play. Because you telling me that there's nervous feelings, and then the Cowboys come out down 13-0 or whatever it was, and the way they came out, and you said that nervous feeling had part to do with how they came out i'm putting that on you coach meanwhile a guy named debo (laughs) and trent williams are leading their team out you know out the locker room to kodak black super gremlin wow Honestly, I'm gonna be real with y'all. We, me and Jesse, were we were looking at that as it was happening. <laughs> we showed each other our phones. Like, yo, do you see this? We just kind of gave each other that. And let me, let me let me just look at you real quick. We kind of gave each other that. Hey, dog. <laughs> Love my boys. They coming out like that. We coming out to ACDC. <laughs> Let me give a shout out to my son real quick because he calls that he calls that music the headbanger song. We coming out to the headbanger song. Them boys is coming out with the boombox with a guy named Debo to Kodak Black Super Gremlin. You think they was nervous? Yeah, look, Kai Kai 001 said we came out to Tim McGraw. <laughs> hey, get out of here, man. Let me get back to this roundup. Y'all, y'all tripping. 
We're coming out to Tim McGraw. What is going on over there in that building? Got no swag. Uh, let me move on to the next part, cause cause coach, listen, coach, and we'll talk about it in 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 the in the in not the roundup in the mailbag segment. We got a question about coach. Got some theories. Then finally, like I said, the legends sound off on the Dallas Cowboys this week. And uh, I want to start off with Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin said this. Every team you look at, the stars of the team showed up and played ball. <clears throat> you can't win in this game if your stars don't show up and play. Emin and I stood in that tunnel before every game, and we looked at each other, and we called ourselves double trouble before we hit the field, we said, if we don't show up, we got no chance. <clears throat> Our stars didn't show up Sunday. Whenever you have disorder, you get dysfunction. <clears throat> they had star players playing like role players, and that's why they got their butts sent home. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. I love, I love listening to, to, to Mike Werbin talk, man. Whether it's good or bad about the Cowboys, man, it's, it's coming from the heart. And he's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He knows what it takes to win in this league, to win Super Bowls. Super Bowls, I use the S at the end. But then you got Cowboys being nervous in that tunnel. Coming out to George Strait. All my exes live in Texas. Meanwhile, super grim. Mm. That just bugs me, Cowboys. It, it, it just bugs me, you know? Biggest game of the year. Not only is your game plan trash, your preparation seems to be trash, and you're not ready right before kickoff? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm with you, Peter. Nervous equals not prepared. Clearly, they clearly weren't prepared. Clearly. Um, Troy Aikman also talked about the Dallas Cowboys situation, which, by the way, go listen to that whole interview if you can on the ticket. And then after that, we'll get to Kurt Warner's. And, and guys, y'all got to watch the Kurt Warner breakdown. But we'll get to him in a second. I want to play real quick Troy Aikman, uh, his, just some of his audio when he joined the ticket. Uh, he talked about schemes around the league, the Cowboys scheme and game plan in this game and he he basically echoes what we've been talking about here on this channel with what other uh community content creators been talking about what fans been talking about and hell what what former players have been talking about with this scheme and then with the quarterback that is connected to it so take a listen to troy uh troy Aikman. but what i see around the leagues not just dallas it was in philadelphia i've seen it with a lot of teams that a lot of these offenses, they want to scheme things. The the coordinators just, it's all about scheme. Rather than this corner is playing soft, he's scared to death, just run the route tree. Just run a comeback. Run a, run a dig route. Run a curl. Run anything. And you're going to complete the pass whenever you want. And Urban would have had 10 catches at halftime if they had played us the way that they played CeeDee Lamb in that game. So I just don't quite understand that. It's interesting. I was at Madden's uh, memorial service yesterday in, in Oakland, and uh, Peyton Manning was there, and we got to talking about the game, and I was having this conversation with him, and, and, and he agreed that, 
you know, more and more you just see that teams, it, it, the game's not that difficult. If if I've got a great player at wide receiver and a corner is playing him single coverage, throw him the ball. Yeah. You know, he's going to win most of the time, and that's what they do in Green Bay with Devontae Adams. But for some reason, a lot of other teams, including Dallas in that game, uh, on Sunday, and I'm sure that I'm sure that the coaches go back and look at that and say, "Man, why didn't we do that?" They tried it. They did a couple times. They hit the one catch he had, and then they they had another one where the the DB played it pretty well. But for the most part, they just didn't take advantage of some of the the looks that I think they had and they could have. That sounds very familiar, right? I, I mean, it's nothing new. It's nothing new here between Kellen and Dak Prescott that I've been screaming for the last back half of the season. This this offense is too schemy, and, and it's not like the scheme is great. You know what I'm saying? I can understand if it was the West Coast scheme that's been working, if it was an Andy Reid, if it was McVay, if it was uh, whomever scheme is working. Doug Peterson had a point in time where his scheme was working, if it was Shanahan, obviously, things like that, right? LaFleur, yeah, sure, believe in the scheme. But it got to a point where, bro, this is not working. So now, like we said in the pregame show, if you want to look smart, Kellen, if you want to look great, Dak, get the ball to your best players. I don't really have another word for what I wish Dak had, and that was effort in his system, some more in his system. Too coachable. Too nice. Do you think Troy and, and Tom and Aaron... And these guys, if they were stuck in this, because we've seen Aaron. We've literally seen Aaron Rodgers look to the sideline. And I'm not saying he's the great quarterback, but I'm just saying that mentality. And say, what the, what the, no, we're not running this play, right? We've seen that happen. We need more of that. Again, I don't like the relationship of Kellen and Dak. It's too close. It's too close. Kellen came out in his press conference and said, and I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, you know, everyone wants the ball. We we can't we can't narrow it down to one person, one or two people, or what something like that. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And I said when we had this conversation on the show. If he's saying that in the press conference, what do you think he's saying in the meeting rooms? And when you have a quarterback who is non-controversial, when you have a receiver and receivers who are non-controversial, what do you think is happening mentally as they go out there in that game? They're taking on what their coach is saying. I'll give you a prime example. John Kitna, who Cowboys Nation absolutely loved. We loved him before he was a coach because Kitna was a tough-as-nail quarterback that when we had our issues with uh, Tony Romo getting injured every damn year, it seemed like. John Kitna was there a few years to give us a shot. Gutty, gutty guy. Gunslinger mentality, tough-as-nails. When John Kitna became the quarterback's coach, he brought that Mike Martz let-it-rip mentality to Dak. And you saw that early in games. You saw that early in game. So who's that guy in, in, in this system? Who's that offensive guy? It's not Doug Nussmeyer. It's not him. It's not Kellen Moore. He didn't come from that. So you got your you got your OC saying, 
hey man, you got to go through your progressions. We're going to run the system. We're not going to, we don't want to focus on one player. This is the focus on this play. You're focusing on this play. You missed that, that one-on-one. You focus over here. You missed the underneath. When just get it to your best players. Michael Irvin said it best. When your star players play like role players and your role players play like star players, you're not going to win. Not in the playoffs. Maybe against the Panthers. Maybe against the Eagles. Maybe against the, the Washington football people. Not in the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you. Naively. Maybe the fandom overtook me going into that game. I thought, you know what, Kellen? You're going to go to your best players because you don't have a choice anymore. And when I say go to, I mean scheme to. But promise you, I go watch Kurt Warner's breakdown of this game. And he even said it at the end, that wasn't even the entire game. He pretty much ripped apart the scheme. And then he pretty much ripped apart Dak's comfortability in it. He didn't look comfortable. And that affected him throughout the game. He missed reads underneath, which it wasn't like there was touchdown reads or what have you, but you had to beat them. I think Kurt said you wanted to beat them underneath. The game plan wasn't to beat them underneath. The game plan continued to be going deep. Matter of fact, let me let you listen to Kurt Warner a little bit. Uh, He joined 105 through the fan to talk about that amazing breakdown. I don't have the, uh, let's see if Stevie Mac dropped it. I don't have the link, but Stevie Mac maybe can drop it. You guys check it out. It's long. It's 40 minutes, but it is well worth watching because First of all, what I came away from that is good. I got immense respect for quarterbacks in this league. That is a lot to help. That's a lot to deal with. And one of the things that I've always said was your scheme should make it easier on your quarterback, not harder. And dropping back 50 times, having to deal with that, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, for the money I would, but Jesus, I wouldn't want to deal with that. I mean, you can get me a scheme that, you know, only threw the ball 17 times over there in, in L.A. and they won the game by 20 damn points. Yeah, something like that. But nonetheless, listen to Kurt Warner in the first word talk about joining one five through the fan and talking a little bit about, um, I think it was about the shell stuff. I think Broadus asked him about the shell stuff. Kurt is, you know, when you look at the Cowboys, and and by the way, everything you explain is just absolute brilliance. I mean, thank you so much for going into those details you did. I mean, that was great. But should, you know, we heard about the Cowboys maybe getting some looks where, you know, they're talking about the shell coverages and stuff like that. Should simplistic things like that take them out of their offense the way that people were able to do that? Well, I mean, like, again, shell coverages can be different things, but what the 49ers are based off of is what we call a quarters coverage, four guys deep, each guy taking a quarter of the field in the deep area of the field, which primarily leaves three guys in the underneath zones because that's your seven guys and then they rush four. To me, a cover four defense, every offense should be able to exploit that. Now, you know, certain defenses are better at it and there's change-ups that they have within it, but it's a pretty, you know, simple defense that when you've only got three guys to cover the underneath area of the field, you should be able to exploit that offensively. Now, you know, a lot depends on, well, if I get a sack and now it's, you know, second 17, mm-hmm. now that makes it harder because you've got to attack down the field where they've got four guys covering the deeper areas of the field. But just in general, 
it's not an overcomplicated defense. 49ers are good at it. Their linebackers are really good at it. Um, but there should be opportunities to attack that in every offense. You know, when, when I was playing in, and I saw that quarter's coverage, I said to myself, man, this is good for our whole playbook. There should be nothing in our playbook that isn't good against this particular coverage. Um, you know, and so in simplistic forms, that kind of a type of coverage or a shell type of coverage shouldn't take you out of, uh, of your offense. Cover two can be a little bit different when they roll corners up and now they've got five guys underneath and two guys deep. Now you're forced to throw the ball down the field more. But that's where I thought, you know, against the 49ers, you come out and you attack them underneath. You slow down their pass rush. Uh, you don't try to throw the football down the field the whole time because they're trying to prevent that. Very well put by Kurt Warner. And again, I suggest going back and, and watching that uh, entire video. It is, it is extremely informative. Um, it make, it'll make you brighter as a fan, period. I mean, let's just be real. This is a Super Bowl winning co- uh, quarterback. Went to the Super Bowl with, both, with two different teams. Uh, very intelligent guy. And, hell, shoot, I wish we could <laughs> bring somebody like that on this staff to coach up a quarterback uh, like Dak because, you know, coaching matters. It absolutely matters. But to paraphrase what, he's, what, what he detailed in there, he talked about how we, we were running players directly into the zones. We, he doesn't like as a – he coaches too, I believe, high school or something. He doesn't like to send players into different parts of the zone, in zone defense, because then they're covered. And then you had Dak Prescott a lot of the times holding on to the ball, waiting for the deep read to get open because this offense is still very Eric Coriel-ish. It's very Eric Coriel-ish, which is you're going to read deep and then come back down. That's, that is this offense, and it never, ever showed an ability to adjust. It worked the first six year, six seasons, six seasons, six to seven weeks of the season because teams weren't playing you that way. But then once they start playing you that way, you had to adjust, and you just never really did. Obviously, the easiest thing to do is to, what, run the ball on it because that's what the whole – Remember when we were doing this? Let me see if I still got it. The whole how do you want it was, all right, you want to play six uh, six or seven in the box, which is light-ish, we'll run it. The Cowboys couldn't even run on four-man front. The Cowboys couldn't run on six in the box. So now I know you can't even beat my four guys up front and my extra linebacker or two. I don't need to respect your run game. Oh, now I know you're not going to stay committed to it in the playoffs. We talked about being balanced in the play. You cannot go into the playoffs trying to win four games in a row, run the ball less than 16 times in a game. Can't do it. Dallas makes it easier on opponents, on defenses. And I say this all the time. Dak is not Peyton Manning, y'all. Y'all know, y'all know I believe in Dak. I believe y'all, y'all know that, right? But I'm also a realist. Also understand this man, this ain't a man that, and I don't know how many quarterbacks can do it by themselves, so I'm, I don't know, I'm not going to say that, but he's not a guy that you want to go to the line of scrimmage and throw the ball 50 times in a game or drop back 50 times in a game and have to call the entire game at the LOS. Hell, even, even the great quarterbacks don't do that, snap in, snap out. And he ain't one of them just yet. He got he got a lot proven to do in that manner. So you got to help your Q out. 
and abandoning the run, throwing the rock 50 times, and not adjusting. I mean, there was a play, and I'll get to the phone lines, where uh, if you go back if you go back and watch that, that Kurt Warner, we ran, a, I think, this play about four times. It was a three-by-one, I believe, and sometimes we leaked the running back out uh, on flat. We ran it three or four times, and it was clear as day the very first time Fred Warner saw it, he knew it was coming. He knew. He beelined right back to his, his spot in the zone to uh, take care of that curl route, and they did it over and over and over again and never ran a counter off of it. There was never a setup to it. When you go back and watch the Niners, they ran multiple plays that they set the Dallas Cowboys up with that came off a play action or a pass or a run that might have went left two times and it came right from the same look, from the same motion. People confuse being a good play designer as a good play caller. There's so much more that comes into it than just being able to design plays. And I just don't think my man is ready to be put up there just yet. Because, and I'm a, I'm a minute, I thought he was because I hadn't seen him get punched just yet and, and, and counter. Great play callers have counters. I didn't, I didn't see Dallas have that just yet. I didn't see Kellen have that uh, just yet. All right, here's what we'll do. Going to jump into the lines, y'all, and um, get a couple calls, and then we'll come out and we'll jump into the mailbag segment, which is presented by Freeman Mazda, by the way. So we got good news um, with with one of our sponsors. But let's jump into the lines. I think Marcus was on the line first. What's up, Marcus? Hey, what's going on, bro? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Um, I just... It's one thing that's really stuck out in my mind with everything going on. Uh, I I listen to a lot of YouTube uh, content creators when it comes to the Cowboys. I love the fresh perspectives. Like you got the doom and gloom ones, you got the optimist, you got the realist, whatever you want to call it. But it's a, it's a it's a nice little mix. Uh-huh. But one actually stuck out to me, man, and I got to shout him out. Uh, Boss Cowboy Sports, excellent. He's really on the rise. I, I I just want to see his growth. I mean, he, he reminds me a lot of you just because of his common sense approach. But yep. he had a he had a, a show a couple of days ago, and one of his callers called in. He calls him Coach. He's always calls in. Yeah, Coach Marv. I'm actually going to get the Coach Marv after you. <laughs> oh, he's he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And he said something that kind of shook me, and I had to go listen to the interview just to get some uh, context because, you know, context matters. Yes, indeed. And he said that Mike McCarthy has officially lost his team. Fair and I was like, man, that's a, whoa, that's crazy. And when he gave me his breakdown, I went to the interview and heard it in, in, in its entirety. And then I thought about it. I'm like, man, Coach is absolutely right. He has lost – he's officially lost his team because this man blamed – Everybody but himself. He blamed Kellen Moore. He blamed the players. He blamed the referees. He took no responsibility as the coach. When you come out on national TV and talk about how scared your team was, what are you doing as the head coach? And then you admittedly say, I didn't do anything to remedy the situation. I didn't make any adjustments at all as the head coach. To me, that is straight beta behavior. I don't trust I don't trust this man anymore. I gave him all the excuses. Oh, he lost back last year. Oh, COVID. Oh, this. I can't trust this man anymore. 
Because when you can't take responsibility as the leader of your team, I don't expect the team to rise above what you're doing because now you're the major hampering to the team. It's not the front office. It's not Kellen Moore. It's not the players. It's you. That then falls on you. What do you think? No, you're one sec. No, you're right. That's that's why I said at the beginning of this. When I watched that press conference, it had me looking at him sideways. And I'm with you. I I I mean, I'm with Coach. I guess he said it that it seems like he lost the team. I, I don't know because we don't have the players just yet. Uh, we haven't heard from them, or, or we, there's no game the next game. All we got is what we got, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. if if there was a game next week, I'd be hard pressed to think that they'd be all gung ho with Mike McCarthy after hearing what he said. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, like, 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 think about it. Like, think about it, Scott. Like, even if they would have, they pulled that game out at the end, and it would have been like a miraculous play. Would you have felt confident no. with them going into Green Bay? In well, it would have been, been Tampa, but, but, but no. Oh, oh no. I'm excuse me. Would you even feel better them going into Tampa the way that they played against San Francisco? I said this on Monday. I said if, if even if they would have won a hell, because I wasn't standing up all excited on that last that last drive because I'm like. I didn't right. believe in it, you know, the way things were going. It was just one of those weird games. Um, but even if they would have did it, like I said, I'd have been excited. I'd have been happy. We'd have talked about it. And then me and Jesse, and, and that's this is where people hate us in the post game show because we start talking about how where to get better. People don't like to hear that. But as soon right. as we were done with the emotions, we'd have said, "You you can't play like that next week because you, you no, can't have fourteen exactly penalties. You can't run the ball sixteen times. You can't get on at the line of scrimmage. You can't miss your reads. You can't have that game plan. You cannot come out flat. You can't do any of those things next week against Tom Brady. So no, I would I wouldn't have had an immense confidence. Now maybe that confidence would have came back mid of middle of the week, but that would have that would have been, in my opinion, the 49ers. You know how they always say, well, the 49ers win it or the Cowboys win it. would have been the 49ers lost that game more than the Cowboys winning right. it, in my opinion. Right. And they would have been right. And and, and one last thing I got to say, man, you know, we talk about narratives. You know, we, that's a word that's been thrown out a lot, you know, 2021, 2020. Oh, they just they got a narrative against the Cowboys. They got a narrative against blah, blah, blah. But when you come out and you do exactly what the narrative says, it's no longer a narrative. It's just reality. It so it, it just it, it is what it is. But when you say that you're doom and gloom, you're negative. It's like, no, I'm literally looking with my eyes like they want to try to tell us, like, hey, do you believe us or do you believe your lying eyes? I believe my lying eyes because you're putting out the product that I see and I don't feel confident. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, you, know, you know, it is what it is. The, the narrative won't it, change, it, it really, Marcus, until they win in the playoffs. And here's here's the thing and, and right. why I'm okay with Cowboys fans being frustrated. Hell, I'm pissed off too. I just I can't come on here and, and scream and yell every day like certain other uh No, don't do that, you know, man. That's I, not your style, bro. No, not I'm, style. I'm not gonna uh, I do all that stuff off air during the game. But uh <laughs> 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 what and I get it, I get the frustration because here's the thing. Right. As Cowboys fans We've been through this for multiple decades, almost three. As Cowboys players, it's yeah. been for some of them one year, some of them two years, some of them just five years. You know, they only got three, four years of this narrative hanging over their head. So to them, it's like, ah, shucks, we'll get them next year type thing. Where, well, we've been saying that for 20 something years. So that's why Cowboys fans are pissed. Uh, probably more pissed right. than some of the players, even though they like to say, Oh, yeah, you know, we're just as mad about losing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, I don't know y'all personally but okay all right that's all i'm gonna say is all right 
Dude, I'm going to say this one last thing, and I don't want it to happen. Please believe I do not want it to happen. But you keep hearing about Dan Quinn and all his interviews, right? Nobody's interviewing Kellen Moore. You hear 8, 9, 20, no, no, 17. No. He's getting interviews. Dan Quinn. No, he's getting interviews. Oh, okay, but you're not, really, you're not really hearing it. The name that's getting thrown out there is Dan Quinn. This is my prediction. Kellen Moore's not going anywhere. We'll talk about that in the mailbag they, segment. They, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying I have seen this movie before. It is scaring the hell out of me because I've seen this movie before. So I hope it's not true. I hope they can really right the ship. I hope he gets, he actually takes control and seizes his own destiny. And if he goes out, go out on your own sword, man. Don't let your career go down the toilet and your legacy be tarnished because you didn't have a spine. You talking about Mike? I'm talking about Big Mike. Yeah, see. That's, all, that's I'm a, all I'm saying. I'm a, if, you I'm gonna, a, if you're going to go out, go out on your own sword. Don't already, let somebody stab you Mike already back. showed me what he's what he going to be about in, in regards to having balls in this organization. And I don't mean no offense to the women that are listening to this show. I apologize. But I'm trying oh, to, I I'll you say things, cojones. Bro. You don't offend me, man. I don't offend you. I'll say cojones. I use those words. He showed, like he, he, he showed me he ain't got them. When he took the job, he showed me he ain't got them. So now you got to win in spite that, and I don't know how you do it. So you know. But guess what, man? I'm looking forward to draft. I'm looking forward to this mailbag, man, because, again, brothers like you keep me focused. You keep me level. You keep my fandom and my, and my, my logic in line with one another. So, man, you keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm going to go ahead and get back to work, man. You take care of yourself. Have a wonderful weekend. Shout out to Cowboy Nation, man. Let's just do what we need to do, get into this draft, because I'm, I'm looking forward to the draft, because I know Will McClay is going to retool this team. That's not that's something I don't worry about. Yeah. That dude is going to do his job. He's going to do that's his job. That's a true alpha. Absolutely. True uh, alpha. Maybe he need to be the head coach. Uh, all right, Marcus, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and let you go, bro. Appreciate you. All right. Take care, bro. Let me. Let, let, my boy's in the building. Law Nation in the building. Boss Cowboys Sports in the building. Law Nation said, and I love this, unsullied Mike. Ooh, hey. Hey, that might need to be the new one. I don't give a damn if it makes him mad either. We might have to start a movement to make Mike get his... Yeah, you know I mean, I don't, I don't want to fit no women in here. Unsullied Mike. Anybody that watches Game of Thrones, you know what we're talking about. If you don't know what we're talking about, just type in Unsullied. And then read about what they... Yeah, I don't know, it might be too graphic. but But read about what it is. Unsullied Mike. I love it. Because that's what it feels like to me. I told you, man. That 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 press conference had me looking at him sideways like, hold up. What? You the head coach. You couldn't rest Zeke. Couldn't rest Zeke. We we were saying this all, all year. Couldn't rest Zeke. You think that you think that man upstairs wanted him to rest Zeke? Uh Kellen Moore, we can take the play calls. Ain't taking a play calls from Kellen Moore. He unsullied. <laughs> Yo, that is hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. Look at his face down here, too. I, I'm coming at Mike, but he deserve it, man. He deserve it. All right, let's get, let's get uh, Coach Marv in the building. Coach Marv got fans across the nation. What's up, Coach Marv? What's going on, Sky? Yeah, hey, we, we, need to, we need to put a, a show up. All y'all guys need to get together and, and, and put a show up saying it's coaching 
malpractice. Hmm. Multiple this season, problems with that, yeah. This, this season was coaching malpractice. And what you do as a coach, and I and, it, and it's not saying, I, I listened to Quinn early in the season, and Quinn said something that I thought the offense will take that same mantra. He said, we evaluate our players, we find out what they do well, and we do that over and over and over again. We don't talk about a scheme. We talk about what our players do well, and we do that over and over again. That's not That didn't happen on the offense. Let me give you some of the lies that Mike McCarthy has told us since he's been here. First, he told us that he evaluated, watched every game that the Cowboys had, and then he told us, no, I didn't really watch every football game during the season that I uh, wasn't coaching. He told us, he told us several times at press conference about we should run the ball, we need to run the ball. Got a number. Uh, and all Cooper needs to get some more catches. And then, what is a lie? Because when you go on the field as a head coach, those things still don't happen. He looked even worse in the interview when he tells us that after the game, Kellen told him that, yeah, we had about nine or ten plays that were eight down, eight yards or more on third down. He's not uh, – McCarthy's not the ace OC. He's not the, uh, the, the defense coordinator. He's not the special teams coordinator. These are the things that he's supposed to have been monitoring during the game to make sure that those things don't occur. That is his job. It's like if you had a, a, a quality control guy and he says, oh, after the, the system blew in a, in a play, after the, we didn't get, a, get something out, oh, the guy told me after everything was happening, yeah, we weren't meeting measures. Well, what were you doing during the whole time of monitoring the measures that you should have been making? Yeah, and you're referring to him saying, yeah, we had uh, four second and 20s and, and what was it, guys, eight second and 10s or whatever. Well, I bet you half or more of those were done in the first half. So why not go in the second and, and halftime and make an adjustment, right? What did we do when we came out in the second half, coach? I got to tell my offensive coordinator, I want to be in better, better, we need to be in better yardage. Right. I don't care if we do run a play for three yards or right. run in second down and get three yards. I need to see my quarterback in third and four. Because we're not doing well in third and eight and third and seven. Cowboy fans, I'll tell you this, and I'm tell you this guy. I've coached a long time. I've coached a long time, and, and it may not have been professional level, but coaches, coaches know coaches, mm-hmm. right? Coaching malpractice. These two guys, McCarthy and Kellen Moore, are not going to get us where we're going to get. Now, we can try to talk about how we can try to, you know, talk to them and, and put stuff out for them to change. They are. If you look at the history of McCarthy, let's get don't get enamored by the Green Bay history. He had a 15-1 year where he went out in the first round of the playoffs. He had, a, he had some hiccups while he was in Green Bay. If you watch this offense at the last half of his time at Green Bay, the reason why Aaron Rodgers was so frustrated because 
most of the plays that Aaron Rodgers had to make were off schedule, scrambling to the right, making great throws. They, he made the game harder for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, McCarthy. Now Aaron hold, hold, Rodgers McCarthy like had, the game is much easier. McCarthy admitted to that. Right. Yeah, that's where I, I'll give him props to that. He said, yeah, I, I was stale. I, I, I needed to change things up in Green Bay. And when he came to Dallas, initially you thought, okay, him giving the reins, giving, I use in quotes, giving the reins to Kellen Moore is him falling back and letting this new age kind of come into fruition. But as we're coming to find out, Coach, Kellen Moore ain't that dude either. So he gave the reins to the wrong dude. dude. He's not that dude. And if you can't realize that during the season, what coach, what great coaches do is they can, they can, they can see problems even in the midst of wins. And they correct them because they know they're going to rear their heads in the most on the biggest stage. And they already foresee what those problems are and they correct them. But you don't wait till after they have come and rear their head and then go back and say, oh, you know, we need to do this. But every time you say that, you don't have that reflection in your coaches. I was just about to say malpractice. I was just this about to say, Coach, even, even when they, they had time to correct the things that they, they didn't, they weren't doing well in losses, right? So if you're going to come out after losses and just talk about it, which they didn't, but and say, hey, we got to be better here and there, then be better. Then show that you're going to be better because you got to the playoffs. You had how many losses in the regular season? Five? You had five losses. Five. All five of those losses looked Similar, and I'm going to find a graphic, and I'm going to keep putting the graphic up, Coach, because we we talked about it last time you were on here. I'm going to read these mm-hmm. off to those. Here are the losses. Week one, I didn't even have up there, but they ran for like 2.9 yards per carry. Didn't, didn't run it enough. All right, I get it. They threw it, and, and the throwing worked cool, whatever. That's why I took it off. Against Denver, 3.9 yards per carry. Tony only rushed it four times. Kansas City, 3.3 yards per carry, 82 yards. Las Vegas, 3.2 yards per carry, 64 yards. Tony only touched it 10 times. Arizona, 2.4 yards per carry. Pollard rushed it three times. Against San Fran, less than three yards per carry. Tony only touched it four times. There is a blueprint for you to get better, and you had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to figure it out, and you never did. You went into the playoffs knowing where you needed to be better, Coach, and they didn't do a damn thing to be better at it. I got two. I have two more points, Scott. And let you go. Mm. They use it, and and this about Zeke with the the torn PCL, right? Yeah. We don't. I don't know. I don't know if he was going to be even if that really happened to him or not. They're using that as an excuse because they didn't want to run the football. Because if you wanted to run the football, you would have gave the ball to Tony Pollard more. You using that as an excuse? They say, oh well, you know Zeke would have a torn PCL, and you know, he's our main running back, so that's why our running game probably suffered. No, it isn't. That's an excuse because you wanted to pass the ball anyway. Mm. So you use that as an excuse. Yeah. So now you say, well, my main running back is not, not, you know, is not healthy, so we're trying to limit his, his opportunities because we're trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs, and we're trying <laughs> to limit Pollard to keep him healthy for the playoffs. You just showed your hand. You got in the playoffs and you didn't use them. So you use that as an excuse all year long that we're saving them for the playoffs. But you weren't saving them for the playoffs. Your philosophy was that we want to do it this air raid way. 
and Man, you're Corey, not yeah. doing what makes your quarterback successful. Troy Aikman couldn't take this 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 game plan and be successful because he was not Dan Marino. He was not uh, uh, Steve Young. He was Troy Aikman. They made it complex, but he kept it simple, and he became a Hall of Famer. You can make Dak a great, great quarterback if you find the things that he do well, the rhythm of the it's game that he man. does well at, and you stick to that. And I will say this last thing about McCarthy when he lost his team. Sky, I'm going to tell you, dude, you said you don't know if he lost a team. But let me ask you this question. If you was in that locker room and you didn't really believe that, because I asked you, you and y'all this question before, do we thought that do we think the, the offensive players were all bought into the to the to the game plan? And if these coaches and all these analysts can show this, I guarantee these these players went bought in. If you're not bought into the game plan, and then your coach come out and say, "No, it wasn't the game plan," you were scared. So every time you get an interview from now on, yeah. somebody gonna ask you the question. The first question they gonna ask you, you "Did you have nerves?" Can you trust him? He just lost his team. Oh, and if Jerry really? don't know that, because men are never going to follow you anymore if you call me scared and I wasn't scared, it's just because I didn't believe in what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, he's losing me. i tell you that much. The reason why I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to say he did or he didn't because we don't have a game to go off of anymore. We don't have a, we don't have a report to go off. But if you just want to ask me, because you asked me, he's losing me. That's why I said I'm looking at him sideways. So every interview that every as soon as the first player have an interview, the first question is going to be asked: Did y'all have nerves from now until they every big game next year? They're going to be questioned about their attention, their preparation, or they're ready for the moment. You just caught. You have just thrown your players under the bus. And somebody's going to come out and say, was the offense coordinator scared? I almost said something. Let me just be quiet. Somebody called him Pizza Boy. Well, yeah, I think Pizza Boy was was scared. So that's, you know, that's that's in a nutshell. I love what y'all do, Sky. I love what all y'all do. I try to support all of y'all, man, because y'all are, y'all are true Cowboy fans. I love what y'all doing. But we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to, to see if this gonna be changed. And I said this on on on, um, on the final word yesterday. The only person gonna be we said that Jerry's not gonna get rid of Kellen. He's not gonna get rid of McCarthy because those are his boys. The only person, and you are so right, you said Kellen and Dak are too close. Okay. The only person that can promote, promote change and get some of the people that gonna make me look good that has a voice because he's a quarterback in this league. He's a franchise quarterback. He has to pull the Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, this guy's I like like him, but he's not going to get me where I need to get. Come on, Dak. That's it. That's the only person. Everybody else can be expendable. If your running back said, we can get rid of the running back. We say he ain't. If and your receiver is, said, that ain't that we can get receivers. And there lies the problem, You can't coach. say that to a franchise quarterback because they don't come a dime a dozen. There lies the problem. And you already invested in him. You asking, now he you asking a tiger to change his stripes. Do you think Dak is going to change his but, stripes? But you see that if he did, you know he's the only person that can get Mike McCarthy and Kellen sure. Moore out of here. He ain't got to go in the public. 
But he can go in the office and say that. Sure, but we've been that's what I've been saying for months is for him to to develop that use my button here, that it in this system. He ain't got it. Now I mean I haven't seen But I you know something I think Sky, he don't know that's why that y'all content the Kurt Warner thing. I think Kurt Warner made a very interesting comment in his when he started. I watched that. He said, I hope Dak or some other quarterback can watch this and become better. Right? I hope that he sees this. I hope he gets another word from somewhere else saying, you know something? Our offense is dumb. Somebody else is saying that. We need to keep putting this combat, this content out here about coaches' malpractice. Someone in Hashtag his camp needs to tell him, say, I know you love that's what we need. I know you love uh, uh, Kellen, but Kellen has gotten you far as you're going to get you. You need somebody that's going to take you to the next level and make the game easier for you. Or you're going to go right down the twos for, with him. And they're going to still they're gonna blame you, Dak, because good players can't take bad coaching. John Kidding. Good players can't take bad coaching. And if you take bad coaches for so long, good players turn into mediocre guys. Saying that forever, man. Coaching matters. Coaching my practice. Appreciate you, Coach Mar. Really do. All right, man. Take care, man. You too, brother. Coaching malpractice. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to hashtag that unsullied Mike. We got a lot of heavy, heavy hitters in the building. I saw Vosh Lombardi in there. Vosh said, I need one of them earpieces, guy. It made me sound, it made me look like an FBI, don't it? Yeah, uh, we got unsullied Mike over and out. Yeah, man. Vach in the building. Law in the building. Boss in the building. Coach Marr talking about coaching malpractice. Me and I believe Jesse Holly and my and I in the after the Saints game is when we first said that term. This is coaching malpractice seeing Ezekiel Elliott out there. And we were just talking about Zeke, you know, come to find out, find out, but come to terms with this is more than just Zeke with the coaching malpractice. Because that was in the middle of, okay, what is this offense really doing here? It was in the middle of everything, but we were winning. But we were still questioning, at least on this show and most shows, why is the offense looking completely different than it did? Not even just because the players are in in and out, but just schematically and, and, and we're being a bit stubborn in their ways. It's coaching malpractice. Maybe as fans, we we made it too complicated in the beginning of the year, thinking like, oh, man, we got all these players, we do all this fun, cool stuff, and didn't realize maybe we just the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Who are your who are your most explosive guys on offense? Game plan to them, and then when the team adjusts to that, you counter off of it. Allow Dalton Schultz to be a compliment to it. Allow your Michael Gallups to be a compliment to it. Allow your Sed Wilsons to be a compliment to it. Your Zeke or your Tony Pollard, whoever you decide to be one or two. Zeke, Zeke, at the beginning of the year before he got hurt, there was nobody was questioning his RB1 status. But once he got hurt, um, clearly you couldn't continue to lean on him in the same manner. So that's where, all right, let's see your counter. Let's see your adjustments. Where, where did that go? Honestly, what the Cowboys need to get in here, and, and I mean, y'all, I've been saying this forever, but whatever. You need a coach who's going to be confrontational. 
Not with the players. With the front office. With Jerry. I said this in the offseason. I can't remember. I said, you need a coach that's fire me then. <laughs> what, Jerry? Fire me then. Because if you're doing your job, you're six and one, seven and one, whatever it is, and they want you to do something else, or or they want you to, to, to give the ball to this player or that player, and you don't listen, and you continue to win, who gives a damn? Right? Be confrontational all the way to the Super Bowl. Because I'm telling you something here in Dallas, if you want to continue to be a yes man, that's why I always tell y'all, get me a guy in here that can do it despite or in spite of the front office. If you got to weasel your way in here, which he did, I'm not even mad at Mike McCarthy for weaseling his way in here, but weasel your way in here and then do it the way you want to do it. Right? Don't weasel your way in here and then be a yes man because that doesn't work here. We talk about the two controversial coaches that altered the path of the Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells. Be controversial. Sometimes you're not going to win. Sometimes Terrell Owens is going to get signed. Sometimes you'll go to the Super Bowl and get fired. In the midst of that, you won Super Bowls. In the midst of that, you found a franchise quarterback. You you altered the personnel moving forward with the team. And now you're you put your organization in position to be in the playoffs year after year. Or be a yes man and turn into Dave Campo and turn into Jason Garrett and turn into uh Chan Gailey. Wade Phillips. Yeah, you have some success. But you'll never get over the hump. Because their way doesn't work. We need a controversial coach in here. I don't care if it's the head coach. I don't care if it's the if it's the quarterback coach. I don't care if it's the offensive coordinator. Just somebody that can say, fire me. All right. Let's take a quick break. Um, as we head into this Freeman Mazda mailbag segment, I'm going to come out. Well, I'll give about the first, I think we're going to do one and two questions, and then we'll get back into the phone line. So real quick, let's get into this Freeman Mazda mailbag segment, uh, and we'll come right out of it with some of the questions. This video is brought to you by Freeman Mazda of Irving, Texas. If you're searching for a new used or Mazda certified pre-owned vehicle in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, why not shop at Freeman Mazda? Freeman Mazda of Irving, Texas has been a family-owned and operated business for over 60 years. They have new inventory arriving daily, especially for the new 2021 and 2022 Mazda CX-5. So stop by Freeman Mazda in Irving, Texas today or visit FreemanMazda.net. All right. It's been a while since we did the mailbag segment, huh? It's been a minute. We'll bring that back a lot this offseason. But first up in the mailbag segment, we got G10. And I'm going to put these two together. G10 and Derek1 on YouTube. These are all YouTube. I wanted to reach out to YouTube yesterday or two days ago. He says, should we get a new offense coordinator? If so, who? I'd like to look at Dan Mullen, Pep Hamilton. Shout out to Pep Hamilton, by the way. The QB Whisper. And Clint Kubiak, the Shanahan Tree. For those that know or follow me on Twitter, by the way. Ask Skywalker still on Twitter. 
My guy is Mike McDaniels. That would be the San Francisco 49ers run game coordinator slash offensive coordinator. Now, he's not really the offense coordinator. We know Shanahan is their guy, but he is their run game coordinator. He is who I would bring in. Shout out to Pep Hamilton, though. It looks like he just turned down the offensive coordinator job in Carolina, and he's looking to try to possibly take the one in Houston. Clint Kubiak, right? Kubiak is is under that Kubiak train, or that tree, which also follows the Shanahan tree, which also follows the you know the floor and 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 McVeigh and, and whatnot. I'm always for that. I mean. The, the Shanahan tree really is where it the base of all these LaFleurs and Shanahan's talking about the sun and McVeigh's it comes from. So I've always been fond of that all the way dating back to Denver. And I know that that Shanahan was in San Francisco in the early 90s. But me growing up, I remember the Terrell, the Terrell Davises, right? The um, who was some of the other the, 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 was it the Andersons and all the all the running backs that were running for a thousand yards under Mike Shanahan it was just a ridiculous amount of them. So I wouldn't mind a Shanahan tree guy. I talked about that on Twitter. But my guy G ten would be Mike McDaniel's. What do you want? Roll the red carpet out there. That scheme knows how to make things easier for your quarterback, and it's tried and proven. So give me anybody under under that under. The, the the Cincinnati under McVeigh, LaFleur, somebody that's been with those guys for a while. He also has Dan Mullen, who coached Dak Prescott before, but I, I, I'd rather not. I'm a little, I'm 10 toes down with that. Right, give me a guy with a proven system in this league. Now, I want, I want to attach that question with Derek One's question. If Kellen stays in Dallas, what would need to be the change for next year in this offense? Well, I hope he doesn't, but if he does, I think they they do need to bring in someone else to help alter, tweak, change this scheme. Someone he needs to be open to change and change to get better, not change. And he's stubborn and he's like, oh, whatever, uh, this isn't going to work, but. Jerry's making me have this guy. No, he needs to be open and accepting of change to make this offense better. That's what needs to change is Kellen. Kellen only knows Linehan and Jason Garrett. Get someone else in here that that's been around other successful schemes that they can implement these things into Kellen's quote unquote scheme. You can get even more detail and say, Bring in an actual run game coordinator. Bring in a former offensive coordinator that knows how to get their stars the ball. But if Kellen stays, what what needs to change? Kellen. Kellen needs to change. And I'm talking about coaching-wise and with schematics and things like that. Personnel, we could talk about the offensive line. We could talk about all that. But I'm just just speaking on the the system. I'm going to continue to use these because it ain't really a system. Let's just be real. All right, let's get my guy Fresh Fade in the building. What's up, Fresh? What's good, player? What's going on, man? Man, these uh, man, these uh, these talks, man, they're deep, man. I love he- I love to hear it though, cause it's it's real. I mean, coach was coach was speaking some facts. Um, I, th- I think we're at the point where 
I mean, I, I know it's not going to happen, but shit, Jerry's Jerry's going to have to make some decisions, man. And some, I mean, I, I know I know he likes McCarthy, and I'm sure that he probably doesn't want to do it that quick. And you know, but it's it's needed at this point because. I mean, the other caller was right. Coach is right, man. The the, the players are gonna, you know, they're gonna get questioned. It sounds like they're gonna, you know, I'm sure in the off season they're gonna be like, man, this dude McCarthy, man, he doesn't really know what he knows what he's doing. It, 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 shit, even during the season, the players spoke more highly of Dan Quinn than they did Mike McCarthy. But you would think fresh know, that he would learn his lesson from Jason Garrett, where he held on to Jason Garrett trying to prove a point that he missed. Multiple windows, essentially. I hate to use that term, window, by the way, because I've seen too many franchises go from nothing to something in, in a year. So, you know, a window is whatever. You can open and yeah. shut a bunch of windows. But you would think he would learn his lesson from holding on to Jason Garrett, who couldn't get you over the hump, who you wanted to be a walk-around head coach, who you also uh, made him an unsullied, I guess, right? And it didn't work. Yeah. You, you, you held on for so long. And again, you know, it's two years too soon, potentially, but I've seen franchises get rid of a guy a year or two and move on and be successful after that. So, you know, there's some, there's some, there's an opportunity to move on and make a change. And in my opinion, there are candidates out there that I think could come in here and help your team, but it's going to be up to you. We talk about changing. It's going to be up to you to change. And and we know the old C now, he ain't changing. Yeah, man. I mean, if I was the owner of the team, um, I mean, I would, I'll fire McCarthy, and I mean, shit. I mean, I'd, I'd probably even consider promoting Dan Quinn. That, that's what we said honest. at the beginning of this. I mean, like Dan Quinn's only going to stick around to me, fresh, if they fire Mike McCarthy and keep, yeah. and, and and he makes him the head coach. That's that's the only way I can see him sticking around, unless he looks at all eight opportunities and say, I don't like none of them. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I would do. I mean, shit. When I look at. I mean, just to go to go on to like uh, coaching matters, man. When I look at the Tennessee Titans, I mean, they're a prime example of coaching matters. You know, when we look at how Ryan Tannehill was at the beginning of, of his career, I mean, people thought he was a bust. Mm-hmm. People thought it was a wrap, man. I mean, but now look, he's efficient. He's making all. He's making the right decisions because they're putting him in positions to make the right choices, man. And they're running the damn ball. They're running routes. Outside of play action, that you know, well, their play action game the is out deadly. It's, it's deadly, man. So, I mean, you know, when I hear like, uh, you know, the talking heads like Colin and you know all these other people on ESPN and different networks, when they talk about, oh, Dak is average, Dak this, Dak that. I mean, when you they they, they usually contradict themselves because they, they talk do. about coaching they do. on other teams. But then when it comes to the Cowboys, it's like, oh, Dak has to overcome coaching. He's forty million dollars. He has to overcome coaching. You can't overcome coaching. Yeah, they'll I say mean, the goat, the goat, fans would do it. Fans the, will contradict the themselves. Fans fans will literally yeah. say, you know, fourteen penalties. Your offensive line suck. You couldn't run the ball. People dropping the ball, people dropping passes. But Dak, you got to get it done, huh? I, yeah, I right, mean, huh? yeah, I, I guess he does, <laughs> but that's really hard to overcome. But, but nonetheless, man, you coaching matters. You you talked about coaching. Tennessee. I, I'll I'll just talk about the team you just played. That quarterback's yeah. been to the yeah. Super Bowl. That quarterback Facts. just just beat I you think. throwing for 172 yards, a, a interception. It should have been like two or three more. He wasn't that great. He made maybe two to three passes. 
I don't even know if it was three. He might have made two passes that you said, hey, man, good throw. Other than that, he didn't do anything spectacular. His coach put him in position Nothing. to succeed. And coaching matters in the playoffs. It does, man. It does. And uh, when, when, when yeah. and I say this all the time, Fresh, you know I say this all the time. If it, if it doesn't work yeah. out, if your coaches are not good, then I do put some pressure on you to overcome it. And I don't think we have that that person, which is maybe, what, one or two in, in this league that can overcome that? One or two. Yeah. You know? What, coaches? Oh, I mean, you mean yeah. quarterbacks? Oh, quarterbacks, quarterback yeah. can overcome it. That's it. Well, just one. <laughs> I mean, hell, even Aaron Rodgers couldn't overcome Mike McCarthy. Well, look at I mean, when, we, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes got to the Super Bowl, he couldn't overcome his offensive line getting pressured for over fifty percent of the time. Oh yeah, it's facts, it's facts, and that's that goes. That, that's going to come to my next point. You may not like it, fans. Fans may not like what I'm about to say because I know everybody likes. You know, there's a certain segment who really likes Amari Cooper and Tank Lawrence and all that, and I get it. I like you know I, I like the I like Tank as well and Amari Cooper is a really good wide receiver but you can't all these all these cute wide receivers man it means nothing if you don't have an O line it mean it doesn't mean anything so I mean I don't know how the cap situation would look I would consider I would consider trading either both Cooper and Lawrence. Or, you know, one of them or something, man, and taking that money and getting improving the O line or getting like a, you know, that's that's what I would do. I don't know how everybody feels about that. I would really consider it, man, because at the end of the day, we saw it. If if you get if pressure's coming on your quarterback, your wire receivers, it they're it's going to be obsolete. Doesn't matter. You got to protect your quarterback, man. You got to protect your quarterback. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just laughing because this is typical us, right? This is typical Dallas Cowboy fans. Coming into the yeah. year, we were the exact opposite. It was, man, we need to put the money into the defense. We need to, you know, we need to cut this person here and put the money into the D and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> now we want to cut right. the D That's and put right. the money into the O. I, I hear you. I get it. You know, I'm not I'm not mad at people's opinions on wanting to get rid of the to high price guys. I just disagree. I, I, I think those guys are, yeah. can be, are vital to the team. I think if you want to revamp your offensive line, do it via the draft. Um, you, you have we talked about and I think there's a question in there and I'll bring it back up again. The easiest way to improve the offensive line without doing too much to me, move Lyle Collins, get him start the retraining and get him into the, the left guard situation and put Terrence Steele at right tackle. Boom, you lose no continuity. If you want to improve the center spot, you can do that in the draft. You don't need you don't need to go and pay a center. You can do that in the draft. If you want to improve the left tackle spot immediately, maybe you can pay a couple dollars, but you can also do that in the draft. And in that way, you're not really revamping this offensive line wholesale, which could hurt you unless you do it the way that uh, Kansas City did it. And Kansas City did it by throwing money at the situation. Right. But I think yeah. if you're looking at the long haul, do it via the draft and you can do it with just one simple move and you improve your offensive line. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could I mean, you, you could do that. I mean, I just I'm just thinking about a scenario because Amari Cooper's still a, a top receiver, in my opinion. He's a really good receiver. 
what if a team came to you in the draft at the end of the first round and said, hey, we got this first-round draft pick for you. We can take this money off your books and give you a first-round pick. What do you think? Let, I'm just let, trying to think about different. You know, yeah, I'm, let me I'm just, always thinking about just different Let me just scenarios. look at the uh, – I know if we cut them June first, we get we get a lot. But let me just 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 going through the scenario here on a trade. You do save the amount. You say it'd have to be a, a post first June first. So we do a post. Yep, you save twenty million. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I I don't want to get rid of Amari. I don't. Boy, okay. though. Yeah. I here's the thing, Fresh. What, but you're, like, you're you're doing what I actually what would want to do, and this is the funny thing. A lot of people laughed at the. Laughed at the Rams. They laughed at him. Ah, look at y'all. You traded for for Odell Beckham. You traded for Von Miller. It ain't doing nothing. They in a divisional round. They they can Mm -hmm, beat Tampa. They already beat Tampa without Von Miller, without Odell Beckham Mm -hmm. Jr. So Mm -hmm. they have the opportunity to go play for the championship. So what I mean is, me, and this is not me, this is not everybody, but me. I'd rather trade the pick for an established player still in his prime or still with juice left as opposed to trading the established player for said pick unless that is a, a high-end pick or something like that. So it's that's just me. I want to go get the guy that I don't got to wait to develop as opposed to getting the guy and then waiting two, three years for him to develop. So I wouldn't trade him. i just stay where I'm at, take, you know, take who I'm going to take, and now I still have this Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver instead of getting rid of the Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. And I only got C.D. Lamb and who? I feel I feel I feel you on that. I'm I'm the guy that likes to trade first round picks for defensive guys. That's that's how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, offensive hey. guys. I, I get it. I my get man, it both ways. My I, man Voss said. My man Voss said the Rams organization going to crumble in two years. Brother, they've been saying that for the last four. I mean, when is it going to happen? They've been saying that for the last four years when the Rams have been like, yo, forget these picks, man. And I'm not saying every team needs to be that way. Every team, can't, the whole league can't operate that in that manner. But the Rams found a way, man. Shout out to their general manager. They found a way. Hey, as long as we hit in these middle rounds, right, I'm I'm good with giving getting rid of the pick to go get the proven guy. But. I mean, let's be real, Cowboys Nation. Would you rather be in the Cowboys situation or the Rams? But there's but there's a key though. There's a key factor. When you believe in your head coach like that, you can do stuff like that. When you believe in your right. coach that right. that's the factor. That that's why I'm saying that. That's why I'm saying it. It's if we have coach like McVeigh, absolutely. Right. Go get players. But we don't. That's it's it's the not, and, and it's not even just, it doesn't start at McVeigh. It starts with uh, Les Snead. Because we, we talk about the organization takes on the CEO's mentality. The CEO's mentality is damn it, we going to win by hook or crook. Okay? We're not here for, yeah. for play. We're going to win yeah. by hook or crook. We're going to be an aggressive organization. So the entire team takes on that mentality from. General manager on down to Sean McVay. The Cowboys, which, again, yeah. nothing is wrong with the Cowboys do in the sense of their draft. They are, hey, we're going to be homegrown. We don't want to go sign anybody, blah, 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 blah. And we're starting to get into to offseason talk. And I'm the same thing is going to come up with me 
y'all going to hear me say this every single offseason. There are three pillars to winning consistently and being a championship caliber team that you have to, I don't want to say necessarily win, but be good at. Okay? You got to be good at drafting. It doesn't mean it has to be first, second, right? Just some, you got to hit. <laughs> you got to hit at some point in drafting. Yeah. Okay, boom. You have to be good and shrewd in trades and free agency. It doesn't mean spend $200 million via free agency or trade for everybody. I know the Rams are doing that, but you got to be shrewd in it. And I think the Rams have been shrewd in the, their ability to go out in free agency and into the trade market and win, right? And then obviously yeah. you have to be coached well. Though, if, if, if you can do those three things year in, year out, and again, winning a free agency does it. It could be what Dallas Cowboys did this year. Dallas did two of those three things, right? right. <laughs> they hit in the draft, yeah, yeah, and right. they they did solid in free yeah. agency. Now they didn't hit; they didn't go to the trade market, right? They didn't do that, but it is what it yeah. is. But if you go look at who's left, let's go look at the schedule here, y'all. Bear with me; some good stuff right now. Uh, you got the Titans; they've made a significant trade, mm-hmm. a couple of them really. You got the Packers; they've made some significant. Off-season free agency. Uh, uh, on defense, moves. yeah, for defense, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got the Rams. We know what the Rams did. You got the Bucks. We know what the Bucks did. Uh, we got the Chiefs. Yeah. They've made a ton of trades and, and, and free agent signings. We know we know that, right? Um, yeah, we know that. The yeah. Bills, mm, they went out and got themselves a number one wide receiver via trade. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got majority of the teams that are still playing today, they've done – those three things in the offseason that we talk about, right? They've they've done that. So yeah. Dallas is never going to be in in play for the trades, never going to be in play for free agents. So I don't even really – it is what it is with them. Now they have to find a way to overcome that because if you want to, again, win a championship in this day and age, homegrown is great, but sometimes you need that extra oomph to get your homegrown over the top. That's true, man. I think, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're all just trying to, right now we're just throwing shit at the wall, see what sticks, and or just, you know, trying to figure out how we can all overcome, as a fan base, this freaking franchise, man. I, uh, you know, I've been sitting here sort of, uh, like, just going that's, through different that, scenarios of how we can yeah. that's what this overcome week is our for, coaches. That, that, that's what this week is for. We're trying to figure this thing out. It's emotional. We just came off the loss. And then, and then we'll move on and try to figure out how we move forward to get better, to, like you said, overcome our deficiencies. All right. Well, that's all I got, man. You have a good weekend, man. And yep. uh will you later, man. Yes, sir. Right. You too, Fresh. Appreciate you. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. For, for those that have been here, y'all know I've been, I've, been, I've been on that train for a while. And it's, it's not because it's just some gung-ho philosophy that I believe in. It's I'm just looking around the league, and I'm like, this team does that. The team does that. This team has been, you know, successful for a number of years. This team, not just successful, but have played for championships. Hell, look at your rival. Granted, lightning in a bottle, whatever. Your rival played the trade and free agency market. Lightning in a bottle, but still, it happened, man. So, Dallas, getting to the offseason. They got to be aggressive, but they won't. I mean, he already came out. Steven already said it, but 
I'm going to continue to reiterate these type of things because just just watch in the offseason. Watch. Watch what teams continue to move forward. Watch. And Fresh is absolutely right. It'd be cool. Well, actually, I'm going to flip it on Fresh. I'd be fine being primarily homegrown. No, no, not primarily. All homegrown. When I say homegrown, I mean they ain't going out here and making these crazy trades. All homegrown and cheap if I believed in my system to get the best out of the homegrown and cheapness. Do y'all believe in Kellen Moore's system to say, you know what? We're going to get rid of our best players because picks. McClay's a beast. Get me wrong. A beast. This hadn't worked yet, though. And we thought it was going to work. I've seen it. I've seen it, including myself. I thought, oh, man, maybe this will work. When it's time to nut up and you get into the postseason, it ain't it ain't working. <laughs> it ain't working. So just pay attention to around the league, man, and and how these championship caliber teams operate in the post in the, in, in the off season. There's a couple super chats I ain't get to. Then we'll get back into the mailbag segment. Super chat. Here we go. Below the heavens. Thank you for the 999 donation. Appreciate you. It says my tinfoil theory. Jerry is pulling strings to get Kellen more interviews. So the casual Cowboys fans will think Kellen is a hot commodity to justify him becoming the next head coach. It's already written in my opinion. Interesting. Super chat. The truth only. Thank you for the 499 donation. Jerry's a problem. It doesn't matter who your coach is. Jerry made sure that Mike keeps Kellen. Kellen or Jerry is setting Kellen up to be the next JG. Yeah, we talked about that, man. Very Jason Garrett-ish. Super chat. And then Cole's Cowboys. Thank you for the 999 donation, brother. He says, we can talk about signing big names, but it wouldn't matter. No, 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 no. Big names. See, I don't, that's why I didn't use that term, big names. If we have the same coaching culture that plays uh, weak, we have stars and don't know how to use them. That is true, too. Uh, we need change. Yeah. I ain't lying about that part. You're not using them right. All right, let's jump back into the mailbag segment presented by Freeman Mazda. Got Bruce Davis. Sound like a football name. How do you think they will address the offense line in the offseason? Being loyal to players who really can't play is killing this team. I wouldn't say that's killing this team. It might have been before, but we know it's killing this team. Uh... We did a very brief segment on the offensive line. We'll break it down more throughout the offseason in our state, or not state of unit, but hindsight 2021. I, this is what I think they should do. I don't know what they will do, but I would, like I said, move Lyle Collins to left guard, insert Terrence Steele at right tackle. Even if you don't want to get a center, then you at least have continuity in guys that have played with each other. Not bringing back Connor Williams. You know, it never was going to happen to me, but whatever. Um, so if you technically wanted to just go into the season with Terrence or Terrence, Tyron Smith, Lyell, Tyler Badass, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele, these guys have been around each other. They play with each other. Initially, you should be fine, but we know what's going to happen. We know Tyron Smith is going to miss 
a bunch of games that may now, hey, we got to move Terrence still to left tackle, and now he got all this movement around. So me, I'm ripping the Band-Aid. I know this is not what a lot of people want to hear. Uh, again, I wouldn't be mad if, Ter- if Tyron Smith came back. Of course, I would love Tyron Smith to come back and not miss any games. But I'm about ready to start transitioning into my next anchor at left tackle. So find a way to get it. Draft, free agency, whatever. Because Terrence, Terrence, why keep saying Terrence? Tyron Smith's availability, I don't have belief in beyond 11 games, 12 games. It used to be 13 I could deal with. I don't even know if he's getting to that anymore. So that's what I would do. Uh, Marcus, this was the question I said that we were going to come back to a little bit. Do you believe... Mike McCarthy has made himself a lame duck coach by throwing the entire team under the bus in his last interview, calling them nervous before the game. It feels that way. I mean, three years was always, I think, the the most Cowboys nation and and Jerry was likely going to give Mike McCarthy to get this team over the hump, right? Like, if the season ended in a loss in the playoffs, but the, the way the offense play was better maybe we're not having this conversation if the Cowboys came out better if this was a back and forth just just classic type of playoff game where the team was you know ready and prepared maybe you're not having this conversation but the way the team played in the back half of the year offensively and then in the playoffs pressure's on I'd consider him a lame. I mean, I know the contract won't. Technically, the contract is what makes a lame duck coach a lame duck coach. But in the eye of public opinion, he would be a lame duck to me. And one of the names that always gets brought up is uh, Sean Payton. And according to B, Brian brought us, there is is love between the two. It's just a matter of does Sean want to leave New Orleans where he has total control and come to Dallas where maybe he doesn't. Maybe Sean could be that that controversial type. Maybe Jerry, which he's getting older. Maybe he says, you know what, man? Sean's been here. Love Sean. Success. He's one of those Super Bowl winning coaches that I want. Uh, I'm okay with stepping back a little bit and letting Sean take reins. A la Bill Parcells. Although Jerry was very much involved in, in those decision-making pro, uh, plans as well. But it, there was still some controversial, that I talked about, approach to it. And you need that. You need that. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be down for a Sean Payton for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to A. Hatch. What's up, Hatch? Man, what's up with this guy, Walker? I'm that last man. motherfucker. Because I, I ain't trading my, my number one run stopper and uh, one of the top pass rushers and my top route runner. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I'm, Y'all I'm, know Steven Jones is going to do the numbers and, and drop they, they, they cap it. So stop with all that trying to trade Amari and, and Law. Y'all just drunk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that just drunk. No, fresh just, you know he saying? just frustrated, man. He trying to find a way. He, try, he talking. He just talking, throwing stuff at the wall, trying to you figure know? it out. I know, and then, you know, I, I, I know you're frustrated, but at the same time, use your brain, man. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, yesterday, man, I saw something on there, man. I'm like you with PFL, man. Else still. 
Because I don't, I don't know what the hell they they think. They going to rank our offensive line the top-ranked offensive line in the NFL. No, don't ever do that and disrespect us like that again. Because that was trash. I don't know what they think with they are. Yeah, it, I was surprised, actually, when I saw that they had Tyron Smith as a 90 grade. I'm like, what yeah. What did y'all see? And granted, I don't even like, I don't do the grade stuff with, with PFF, but their stats and their their analytics are almost second to none, which you can get statistically from them. But grade-wise, it's they're just people like us that watch every play and then they put their own grade to it. So, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. And then... Another thing, what I really called in the bad man, I just had to get on that subject, man. I said a prayer the other night, man. I said, man, I hope Jacksonville really saw something in Kellen Moore and snatched his butt from us. And I pray that Jerry Jones drop off that big old bag to keep Dan Quinn here past the tenure of Mike McCarthy. Replace Kellen Moore as the, the, the next go-to and go ahead and give that bag to Dan Quinn and make sure that he got the tenure pass Mike McCarthy here. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, Kellen Moore, we waited all this time. Oh, he's going to go in this bag. He's going to go in this bag. We waited for the bag and we ain't see nothing. Hey, Hatch. What's up, guy? It sounds like you swimming underwater, bro. What's up? Huh? It sounds like you're swimming underwater. Yeah, man. Yeah, work. I was, I was. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm driving, man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was wondering what that background was. I'm like, man, underwater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad. It's cool. It's cool. But uh, I'm gonna get up out of here, man. You, you hear that background, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we like to, we like to go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. So uh, appreciate this guy, man. I just had to call in, man. Holla at you, my boy. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to be all right, Cowboys Nation, man. Y'all just just calm it down, man. Shit. We're going to be good, man. Indeed. All All right, right, good brother. Appreciate you, bro. As uh, Lil Wayne would say, flying with the pigeons, swimming with the, what is this? Flying with the fishes, swimming with the pigeons. That's what sound like my man doing there. Shout out to A Hatch. Uh, yeah, you know it's frustrating, man. I don't mind y'all being. This is the week in the, in the off season to be frustrated. It is what it is. But at some point, as a creator, we gonna move forward and we're gonna talk about how this team, how you can get better, personnel wise. I mean, you're not looking like coaching wise, things are changing just yet. Things ain't changing, but uh, we'll get to that part. Uh, back to mailbag. Chevion Wilson. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Do you think that Jerry and Steven sabotaged Amari for getting targets in order to let him walk? Or do you think that Steven will convince Jerry to let Kellen walk and let McCarthy have complete control of the team? Well, let's talk about that last part. Talk about that last part real quick. Do... (laughs) We think McCarthy will get complete control of this team. I 
not a chance in hell. <laughs> Why, hey, Chevy, I'm just curious. How old are you? I'm just messing, man. I like y'all know I like to rip people. No, absolutely not. He won't. He doesn't even have a an ounce of control over this team. No. But now let's just get to the other questions. Do I think that Jerry and, and Steven sabotage Amari from getting targets? Nah, I don't think it was a sabotage. It, it, I told you though, it was real weird how he didn't support Amari. It seemed like in in the uh, in the media, and it would not shock me if they were. That's why I think the question on the Mar- on Mauricio's channel was: Would you be very surprised, unsurprised, or not surprised at all if Amari Cooper got? traded or cut i said i wouldn't be surprised i mean it's we've seen them do it des bryant and uh you know jalen smith demarcus Ware. Yeah, we've seen it so it wouldn't surprise me but i don't think that they deliberately sabotage amari because i don't think dak would not throw tamari deliberately to sabotage him uh i just think kellen moore's system sucks and it's flat out i just think it's a reactionary system and Amari happened to be just a part of it and not the feature part of it, which is silly to me. Or do I think that Steven will convince Jerry to let Kellen walk? Steven and Jerry, they wanted two peas in a pot when it comes to Kellen. That's their guy. No, I don't think they're going to let him walk. And then finally, Samuel Rowe. Are the Niners better than we thought? The Niners are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Hmm? Good defensive team. They run the ball. They got a quarterback that will give you a chance to win the damn game. They are who we thought they were. Nothing more, nothing less. You just came out and got whooped early on. So do I think they're better? Nah. They are what I thought. We let him off the hook. That's right, Kai. We let him off the hook. <laughs> See, you got people like this. I mean, at what point do we bench Dak? <sighs> who who was all here the other day when that caller called in? I had to take that out because, boy, man, he... For those who missed it, you can't go back and see it. I had to get rid of that. That was my man was ridiculous. It's unbelievably ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as that. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, I really, I really hope Cowboy fans watch football outside of Dallas. That's all. Just watch football outside of Dallas. Yes, the Dak hate speech special. My goodness, I've ne- like like I was really letting my man go too. Like, yeah, get your get your hate off, bro. Get your hate off. But then you start saying stupid stuff like, "It don't matter if we give Tony Pollard the ball twenty times, he won't get yards." Sir, he almost had a thousand yards, barely getting the ball. Saying stuff like Zeke sucks because Dak can't throw the ball beyond twenty yards. 
I mean, dude, we could we 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 can we can talk, we can criticize without you sounding idiotic. And that's why that's why I'm the I'm the fan I am because I don't go far left on either way. I don't want to do that. Yeah, we get caught up in fandom sometimes or whatever, but that ain't fandom. I don't know what that was. Y'all were here? Yeah, that was crazy. All right, man, we're going to end this thing with some calls. Los been holding for a while, and then Uncle Charles. What's up, Los? Yo, what up, Sky? Good morning, good morning. God bless. I'm not going to go all over the place. I'm going to be strictly to coaching, all right? All right. So, in my opinion, McCarthy, y'all said it all morning. He lost everyone completely with that press conference. How At the least the fans. Hell, yeah. Yeah. How the hell are you going to be preached? Like, oh, we're going to get ready for the Super Bowl, but yet you're going to be nervous for the first game of the playoffs. No. Yet no. And even those, right, like, even if they are nervous, do something to make them not be nervous, right? Like, that's where the leadership comes in. Exactly. And and I I think we spoke enough about McCarthy. So let me shift to Kellen Moore. He was a backup quarterback given a chance to have a starting job multiple times that didn't take it, turned offensive quarterback coach that got beat up by Dak Prescott, and he's from Boise State. Boise State, what is that college known for? Other than you might have a chance to get drafted by Steven and Jerry Jones because apparently <laughs> a lot of Boise State players love, love the Cowboys, you know? You're not lying. So if we keep, if we keep killing, we are doomed. It's, it's insanity what we're going through, Sky. And everyone has said it. Coaching always matters you have a three to four year window to build and however with with orders this is how we're different sky with orders coming from the top of who to play that's almost impossible to build around a team like i i think we i think this is not even a conspiracy anymore but you can damn sure know like now mike mccarthy uh I know we're giving Tony a lot of touches around here, but uh, I done paid big like a lot of money right here, and I I need a machine to field a little bit, you know, so I can't be looking like a fool out there, you know. No, fuck. I want Mason Glory help. Yeah, uh, no, man, you can't. We need an offensive coordinator, a coach that will keep the keep that will basically just simplify everything. That's we're literally just a coach away from winning it all, Scott. I really do believe that. But the way Dak plays, he's I, y'all might you can anyone can call me crazy, but I truly believe he's a top five quarterback when the right people are in his ear and making him see the field much easier. When you're when you're trying to play off script and trying to force things, it's almost impossible. Like how many times did he throw in that San Francisco game, Scott? I know it's about more than 40 and more than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's, no, like, and those throwing back under their bus, they have a reason to. I mean, yeah, but like I said, it all comes down to coaching, and you can't over, and you can't overcome that coaching. You can't. So any man that works here and a corporate has to know that if you come here, you said it, Sky. You're gonna have to put a foot up down you you know your what and be like, I you know what, Jerry, I don't give up how much you pay that players. It's not my damn fault you play you pay those players. I'ma pay to win, I'ma play to win, I'ma play my best players. 
If you don't, That's if you have a problem with winning, Jerry, then you're not, then you're not. Then fire you're, me. You're not, you know, yeah, exactly. It's that simple. Like, that's that's why I said, man, you need to get somebody that's controversial, and I don't care if you weasel your way in. Like I, I, I truly didn't care that Mike weaseled his way in as long as he got the damn job done. Uh, don't weasel your way in and then be a yes man. That's whack. The the and I will say this: I will give credit to Robert Kraft. As soon as he brought Bill Belichick, he 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 gave the reins to him, and what he has built over there, you gotta give him credit. But like, oh, of course, I you we, gotta give them credit. At seven, whatever soup. I mean, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> That's a different. They, they two but, different owners. There is no owner that is like Jerry Jones. So, so we know that he's not going to give the reins up and things like that. So, what you need is a coach, like I said, that can be controversial. Bill didn't have to be controversial because Robert said, "Do your thing." Exactly, and I'll leave it with this, man. If I were Jerry. And this is me fictionally, all right? This is fictional Jerry, all right? If I had, like, billions of dollars in the world, I would let Keller Moore walk, fire Mike McCarthy, I would keep Dan Quinn as a head coach, yeah. and I would go heavy. And even if it's not Dan Quinn, if he walks away, these are my top five names, all right? Sky, no apparent order, all right? You got Josh McDaniels from New England, Eric, uh, what's it? I can't pronounce his last name, from Kansas City, Byron Lesson from Tampa Bay, Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay, and my last wild card pick because he's a defensive coordinator, he's not an offensive guru. Is Brian Flores? Those are my top five guys I would go hard for. For what it's head coach? Land, yeah. yeah, it's yeah as a head coach. It's fictionally, it's a fictional oh, land, but that's my opinion. But hopefully, we can just change this culture we have here, Sky. Because man, Sky. We need to be built. We need to be back to that team we were back in the eighties, seventies, and you know nineties. Because what made the Cowboys so great was the accountability and responsibility to build a winning culture, not no fucking, oh, we'll we'll make it next year. Apparently, no, you play to win the game. Simple. And I'll leave it with that, Sky. Peace. All right, man. Appreciate you. I haven't had this one in a while. I don't like your attitude. Put on a Jerry Jones. Yeah. Lance said absolutely fiction. Yeah, that, that is that's not happening. I mean, listen, the the Dan Quinn part, I'm down. You know, I I'm down to promote Dan Quinn to head coach. I'm down for it. And here's why I think it'd be different. Well, when I say different, I mean because I mean he was successful in Atlanta. Let's we pretend he didn't go to the Super Bowl. We pretend he didn't go to the playoffs multiple times. It ended bad, but he was successful in Atlanta. The reason why I think it'd be different here is because he'd likely keep his staff and Joe Witt, et cetera, et cetera. Well, hopefully. I know Joe Witt just got an interview for Seattle, but Joe Witt would be the defensive coordinator in name likely here. Um, and then I think Dan will go get somebody. I would hope he could get somebody at offensive coordinator. He went and got Kyle Shanahan. So I I trust him going to get an offensive mind better than I trust the damn Dallas Cowboys to go get one. Think about our offensive minds the last decade. Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, and Kellen Moore. They have not a clue. Let me and Voss were talking about this. These boys is hit and miss, not hit and miss, mostly miss coaching-wise. They'll get a good one in here, and then they don't they don't lean on them or let them go somewhere. Uh, Eber Flus, right? Dan Quinn's in here, but he's likely gone. Deshaun Payton was in here. He's likely gone. 
Zim back in the day was here, he's likely going, or he he was going. So yeah, I see B Bird want to get in here. Let me try get you in here, B Bird. Open this thing up and come on in, brother. Come on in. All right, my man, Uncle Charles left, so we'll get Rico. What's up, Rico? Hey, what's going on, Sky? Um, hey, you know I was trying to call. I think it was last week, and you had so many callers. Uh, you yeah. didn't. You couldn't get to me. Yeah, that that day. I, well, that Monday. That was Monday, I think, wasn't it? Oh no, it might have been last Monday? week. You okay. might you might have been right. You might have been right, but it was a lot of callers, bro. I couldn't get to everybody. No, no, no. Actually, it was it was it was either Monday or Tuesday. It was after the game, so I was calling. Um, you know, I was having a real bad day that day. I'm glad. I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't make the call. You um, about to come in here hot on fire. No, 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 man. I was actually on a whole. Um, I ended up calling Vach because I just had to get this off my chest. But, like, yeah, everybody was, was kind of tripping out. Everybody was like, you know, you, the, uh, Miss Jess got on the line. She was, like, practically crying. And, that's, you that's know, she, like, people were just really upset about the loss, that's you know. Um, and I was thinking about it, and I'm sitting here. Um, you know, actually, these past few months have been really rough for me. Um, I had to go through withdrawals from pain medication at one point. Damn. We all got COVID. Me and my wife are getting divorced. Um, I just found out that a real good buddy of mine uh, that I thought he was in, I thought he was locked up. It turned out he's been dead the last five months. And I didn't even know. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like that day. I, I actually started tearing up when I was talking to Vach after I didn't talk to you. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more together right now. But, mm. it, it, you know, I was like, man, you know, things could be worse, right? I mean, a year ago, we weren't even supposed to win our division. It, it was all about Washington, and and we, we, you know, we, our expectations at the beginning of the year weren't that high, um, you know. And then somewhere along the way, it's like Super Bowl or bust. And I really felt like, you know, we just kind of need to like let our emotions, you know, like, uh, you know, we, you know, I understand everyone. Like, I don't know what happened with Mike McCarthy, or I've just been listening. I don't know what he said just based on what I've been hearing from you guys. But, uh, you know, like, you know, it, it really we had we made a step forward in rebuilding our team, right? The culture is different. The uh, things have changed in, in, in our team. Uh, things just, I don't know what happened at, towards the, end, the last half of the season. Something happened. But I, th- I still think we made a move forward um, as far as, like, moving forward from what we were in the past couple sure, decades, right? Sure. I mean, I mean, we're, we're different now. We move Our forward. Team is different. We move you forward from. So, we move forward from last year. Yeah, you know, we were six and ten, and now we're twelve. We were twelve five. I know we were. We should have won that game. Like that, that, you know, we failed. And someone dropped the ball big time. But I, I still think we had our our season was kind of a success compared to what where we started at the beginning of the year. It all depends on so, your expectations. I just wanted right? to share that that day. Yeah, I just wanted to share it that day because I'm sitting there like, you know, and even everything that I've been going through, you know, there's people that got it worse than that. So, like, yeah. I was like, you know, things could be worse. You know, the season could have been worse. It could have been 6 and 10. <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to share that, and I've been uh, hearing you guys talk, so I don't know what's going on with Mike and everything. Um, I just – You got a lot man, on your guys, mind, man. Like, don't worry about that, man. You worry about get- – <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> – Getting your stuff. You, you worry I'm about like, you. Man, what's going on for real? For real, for T- real. Listen, like, let me know. tell you something. Take care of you. Do not 
Let the Dallas Cowboys inflict pain on your mental right now. You got enough things going on. Rico, oh, I can't. Keep, keep your head them. up, bro. Keep your I head up, I love the man. Dallas Cowboys. Like, win, lose, or draw, I'm right with them. And, and really, I was uh, – I kind of get upset when people are bash. I don't care, like, how bad my coach is or how bad my quarterback is. As long as he's wearing that star, that's my guy. So just kind of be respectful. You can criticize them. Just, just so some of those people will be a little disrespectful. I'll be getting my feelings about that. <laughs> I hear you, bro. Other than that, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't let, I don't let, I try to be, yeah, I just, it's just been kind of a thing. I just wanted to say, uh, your show kind of helps me get get my day going. Um, so we appreciate, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been it's been rough, but uh, at least this is like the the stable thing that it's like. Damn. Every day I can listen to Sky and kind of not think about what's going on heavy. out here. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, just want to say thanks on that. And, um, yeah, that's it. Hey, no, I'm gonna go hey listen, it. man, thank you for being a, the supporter you are, Rico, bro. This, that means a whole hell of a lot. It ain't just me. I think I've, I've seen people in the chat here. Um, you know, prayers are with you. Keep your head up. Uh, you got support from the, the community and Cowboys Nation, Rico, so. Uh, you just, you just, yeah, you just, you just keep your head up, man. Don't let these boys get to you. Not this week. Yeah, no, it's 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 a struggle, but you know, I know every day, bro. Trust me, every day. I, I hear All right, you. all right, brother. Be safe. All right, bye bye. Heavy stuff there from uh, from Rico. Shoot, man, and you know when you hear stuff like that, you think you're you you're going through some things, right? You think you're. Because everybody is going through stuff, right? But but then you hear that, and, and it kind of puts things into perspective. We all battle demons. I battle them every day. I just don't talk about it uh, here. But um, and I always say, y'all like therapy. Real rap. Y'all. I'm like my co-host. I say that all the time, too. And my lady, know, you know, there's <laughs> a lot that goes on. But uh, when you hear that, it's like, whew, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot other things around you that you don't know about until you hear it that puts things into perspective so keep your head up rico we are here for you brother if you want to reach out man i'm on twitter you know obviously i'm here as well um if you just need to rap or just need to vent just just need to get something out i don't you know just to get it out sometimes you need that so we here man cowboys nation here brother all right i got i see b bird did get in here i'm gonna get to you but there was somebody else waiting before you b i think it might have been two two one four What's going on, Will Steele? What's going on, man? I just, I got a quick few points right quick. The thing that made me mad, it kind of pissed me off, and it just showed the culture of our team. When Debo Samuel, I don't know if you've seen it, he told Kyle Shanahan in the third quarter, we were like 16-7, 16-9, I forgot to score. And he said, just give me the ball and I'm going to score. After that, right there when I read that, and he took the ball off that one play, went and scored, it was just like, man, it's just like, like we are who they said we are. We 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 soft. We 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 soft. And I'm not I'm not gonna solely put that on the defense. They kind of played a good game, but it's just the whole culture. We could change out the coaches. We could change out the players. We could do everything. Right. But until we get that, like you said, that effort, uh, fire me mentality from uh, when Jerry's let that coach do come, that effort fire me mentality. We not we're not going nowhere. We just need a whole culture change. What's your name, bro? You know, I don't have the, you saved in here. Brandon, 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 Brandon. Okay, Brandon. All right, I see you. Let me ask you something. You see how Debo, and I'm going to ask the chat this as well. Debo went to, 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 to Kyle and said, Kyle, let's go. He didn't even call him coach. <laughs> he didn't even call him coach. He said, Kyle, <laughs> let's go. 
get, get me that ball. As soon as he got it, he scored a touchdown. He said, I told you. Who is that man on the on the offense side of the ball? Who's that dude? Who's that dude that go to the coach and say, Kellen, pizza boy, pimple face. Get me the ball. Who's that man? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have that man. Uh, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have that. And it's just, I, I, it's just gonna be the same song in your boy CD. Don't get me wrong, CD, CD is cool. CD just needs to focus on his game and stop having a damn drop seat. While he's so busy making one, he's, he's making one catch, wiping his cool. nose, slamming him out, celebrating. Yeah, you know, cool. I'm like, come on, CD, bro, just, just. Make you know, make make your plays, make the catches, get your you know, get the yards up. Come on, so we could so we could win the game. Two bees over there trying to celebrate off of one catch. Come on, CD. He's the Jerry and putting the damn '88 jersey on him, boosting his head up. He needs to go back down to humble earth, and you know what I'm saying. So it's just man, this it's a whole. It, it, we just dealing with this Dallas regular Dallas Cowboys syndrome. You ask me, you know. And it's just gonna be the same thing, yeah, and yeah, man. We could switch all the players and coaches, but we gotta change this culture. We right, just B. too damn soft, man. You right about hey, that? I, after reading, after after reading that, it was just like I can't, I can't, I can't do it. After reading mm. that, it was just like wow, wow, you know. So I understand. So that's all I, I had. Oh, and then TP and Tony. One more thing, Tony, Tony with Tony Pollard too. With that, I I just been trying to sit here. I've been looking over everything. His touches, he touches, and comparing them, and you know the yards and this, that, and the third, and I just still can't fathom why then they play him more. You know what I'm saying? Is 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 contractual thing, or I don't, you know? But but that's that's yeah. I'm I'm telling you, it's a lot more problems than what everybody thinks. It's a lot of stuff that got to be changed. But I appreciate you taking my car and let you get back with it, Will. Still, hey, appreciate you, brother. You already know. Appreciate you, B. Have a good one. You ain't lying. You know, I've been, I've been, we've been harping the Tony Pollard thing for a long time. I mean, but, but, but let me just real quick find this one and bring it back to to light. You know, spare with me, spare with me, because there's, there's a theory out there. Oh, well, Tony Pollard wasn't this and wasn't that. Maybe it won't work. Oh, I know what I did last time. <laughs> yeah, I know what I did. It might not work out. Uh, where are you at? Where is that? I was going to show that Tony Pollard play of uh, him trucking that cornerback. Let me see if it'll work. Yeah, there you go. Let me just move some things so y'all can see him truck that dude. I mean, once I seen him do that, <laughs> it's been like, give him the ball. Every play. Uh, stop playing with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I guarantee you, if Debo Samuel, Samuels did that, the offensive line is lit up. Kyle Shanahan, like, yo, we got to put the ball back in his hands. Yeah, I just don't understand. It's frustrating, man. You would think, all right, I'm going to let, if the if the whole thought process is, you know what, I'm going to let Jerry have my, yeah, I'm saying my cojones for the regular season. But once we get to the playoffs, fire me. What, what you going to do, me and my dad? What you going to do, fire me in the playoffs? You know what I mean? You going to do, fire me? Well, we really need you to put the ball in uh, 
in my 21's hands at least 15 times, Kellen. Fire me. I'm putting the ball in the healthy guy's hands. That's explosive. Well, uh, you know, we we really don't like the uh, the uh, cute pre-snap. Uh, fire me. I'm pre-snap motioning. <laughs> what you going to do? We won. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's why I see it. I let them coach. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. All right, B-Bird, now I can get you in here, bro. What's up, OG? Hey, what's up, Scott, man? I'm catching your show late, so it could be some things that you've oh, already a, covered, man. It's a good one today, man. It's a really good one today. Yeah, it's a, it, it ain't number therapy this week, man, and I mm-hmm. think we all need it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. One thing um, I'd say that I was a little bit disturbed with uh, hearing that Mike McCarthy said the team was nervous before the game and that yes. he sensed it. Um, I, that that's that's almost um, uh, fireball offense. To, to be honest yeah. with you, it's, it's a fireball offense to to actually to see it, and it's also one to state it in front of the the, uh, the world. To be honest with you, um, a little bit of history lesson. Um, before our second Super Bowl with Jimmy, and I think it was the uh, NFC Conference game in Dallas. Uh, that was the famous Jimmy said, "Put it in three inch headlines." We're going to win. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yep. I, I, you know people what's funny people, about that, B-Bird? I was, that was going to be my yeah. title going into the <laughs> into the Niners game, but I wasn't getting that vibe uh, from Coach McCarthy, so I said, nah, we're not going to do that this week. Go ahead. Yeah. So so the thing is, is that, man, a lot of people say this, and I thought I was the only one that caught this, but the looseness of the 49ers coming out to the field when they showed them coming out of the locker room. Yep, and then they showed us coming out the locker room. It was a lot more loose and ready to go. Um, um, and, they, and, and the thing is, the nervousness could come from one, a couple of things. Not having confidence in the game plan and just not having some, some, some dogs in that locker room. But I, I, I do want to go back to the three-inch headline thing. So people don't, under, people don't remember this, and this is kind of where me as an older guy come in. If you go back and uh, read that, Jimmy said the reason why he did it because he sensed nervousness from his team, mm. and not not he said that afterwards. He said I had to what I had to do is I had to take the emphasis and put it on me to, to take it off of those guys, take the pressure off of them. They were still in the pressure, so I got out there. And now everybody's asking me that question. That's the biggest thing. So they can just go and perform yes. because all everything was on me. And so I think with, and I'll give you an example, man. And this, I know people are going to say this is a, a very base level example. My, I coached my son's uh, youth football team, and they were pretty good. Got a couple of, well, about five, six dudes, D1s, uh, one of the better tight ends in the nation. Actually, number one tight end in the nation played on the team. And so um, they, we, we had a 43 game winning streak. Uh, here it is their last game in Little League. Uh, and they had a team that we played against that was pretty good. They scored on us like the first series, and I was a defensive coordinator. So man, they come off the field. They weren't used to being scored on at all that year. The kids are crying, man. Like I'm like looking at their eyes. They was nervous. They thought they was gonna lose, and I started laughing. And it was like my son was on on the team. Said, "Dad, what you laughing?" I said, "He said they're not gonna win. That's the last time they're gonna score. What y'all crying for?" <laughs> exactly. I said, they're not, they not gonna win the game. Are you serious? I said, "Y'all, y'all crying, y'all. Man, go out there and play football. Man, if they win, it's on me." And they, we went out there and shut them out. They didn't score again. Mm. But you got to sense the team, man, and, and see yes. what they need. In my mind, let me give you my reality. I was like, man, them boys scored on us, man. We're going to be in trouble. I couldn't let them see it. Right. And so the thing about it is is that it's no different than uh, when you're on the plane, man. 
and going through turbulence. Hey, if if the if the uh, flight attendants aren't up nervous, then I ain't nervous. When they get nervous, okay, my nervous is gonna gonna multiply at that point in time. So I, I feel like that's a fireball offense because he didn't do anything to alleviate the pressure off right. the team that he saw. And so uh, it's got to be something that you do. And and the thing about Jimmy Manor, you know, I always go back to him is that he was a, I think a psychology major or uh, something like that. So he he understood people. And for, for Mike not to understand that and not be able to alleviate that from those guys to me and put it out there in the public, to me, is a fireable offense. Man, you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on. And I love the analogy that you used and then using the Jimmy situation about he took the pressure off of his team. And that's what made it so frustrating, B-Bird, is listening to the presser. I didn't need to hear you tell me they were nervous. I needed to hear you tell me what you did to get them ready. Um, and you talked about it, and, so, and some people in the chat were saying the same thing. You're nervous because you don't, you're not prepared. Because think about That's it. That's correct. If you were prepared, if you were confident in your preparation, you wouldn't have nerves to the point where you come out the way you came out. You might have came out, gave up a tutty, and, but you would have went back down there and got a touchdown, right? All right, cool. Now it's out the way. Y'all came out and didn't score until the second quarter and got absolutely dog-walked in the first quarter to the tune of negative 13 yards total. That's that's a preparation issue, and that falls on the coach. Absolutely, and and so one of the things I'll go back to is so we we both agree, and I bet the chat would too. The two times that uh, the two coaches that we look back in this franchise uh, with Jerry Jones era is Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells yeah. So so the thing about it now, watch this. If we had to put, I don't really like doing this, but let's just do it, right? If we had to say alpha and beta. If we had to put categories, we only hire two alphas. All the rest of these guys have been betas or been made to be betas by the money. So one of the, the, the biggest things is with Jerry Jones right now is for a head coach, it's not, you know, can you win and this, that, and other. Will you allow me to do what I want to do? And so the thing about it is those two coaches, let's look at some ex- extenuating circumstances onto why he, why he hired them. Bill Parcells was hired only because he wanted to get the, the bill to the stadium pass. That was captured in a telephone video. If anybody wants to know that, uh, they caught him at the bar talking about it. So the only reason he got that is to get uh, hire Bill Parcells to get that stadium pass. So that was a one time, right? The first time, if you really think about Jimmy Johnson being hired, Jerry Jones didn't know anything about football initially. But when he learned about – so he had to hire somebody that knew about football and knew all this other stuff. But about three or four or five years, that's when that ego came in, and he was like 500 coaches can uh, coach this team to a Super Bowl. Say, yep. and, and that's why they always said that, you know, Barry Swisson must be 501. You know what I'm saying? And so those two situations are the only situations that, that he hired a coach. And the guys may come in, you know, with their mindset, but if you come in and you, and you castigate yourself initially – then you're not going to be able to perform in here, also take over the culture, be respected by the players, because they looking around and saying, wait a minute, who runs this? You know what I'm saying? And so, um, Yeah, this, earlier we, we touched on that, uh, B-Bird. I'm, you said you came in late, but we touched on that, and I said the same I'm thing. Sorry, you said, no, 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 I'm just reiterating. Yeah. You're, you got details to a story I didn't know about with the phone call. That's interesting, about, about uh, Bill Parcells. But I said you need a controversial coach. And the two times that the Cowboys did that controversial alpha, whatever you want to call it, with this organization was the two times that your franchise changed its path into being a perennial 
threat, and that was Bill Parcells and Jimmy Johnson. Other than that, you had a bunch of yes-men. Mike McCarthy, Jason yeah. Garrett, um, Wade Phillips, uh, Dave Campo, and uh, missing one, Chan Gailey. Yeah, and and so it, that that that's um I I think, and I, I'm not going to stay on this long. And you know that I think this, the person that the only coach I think fits the criteria right away, feels comfortable with him, has yes. enough clout, uh, uh, you know, to where he can come in, and then after he gets in, make decisions that's contrary to Jerry, and Jerry can't override him because hey, look here, buddy, I'm I'm coming in. When I come in, I'm coming in with some expectations. That's Sean Payton, man. You have yep. no one we else. Said, we uh, said that earlier that, too. That the criteria. We said I'm that. Sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm rearranging some things. I'm, it's cool. I'm it's so cool. sorry about that. Yeah, Sean Payton was but, the, the, but, the, the 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 yep exactly what you're saying. He's the guy to me that could come yeah. in here and be that controversial guy, confrontational guy. Now what? And the, and one of the last things I'll tell you, man, is um um my my daughter. I often tell her this. I say, hey, look. I said you got some people in your school that's a valedictorian, right? And, and, and I said, well, name the valedictorian candidates. And she named them. And I said, whoever it is, they're not smarter than me. And then she said, well, how you figure? I said, because I know how to, I said, they know all these, they make a straight A's, right? Yeah. I said, do they know how to pay Wells Fargo? Mm. And my, my daughter said, who's Wells Fargo? See, they don't know how to, they don't know how to write a check. Yeah, they smart, book smart. But they ain't life smart. They don't have they don't have experience, right? They can't get out here and just just handle business like I handle. So yeah, they're book smarter than me, but world smart with me. I'm talking about just gathering knowledge about life over 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 a period of time, just a, every everyday things. They're not smarter than me. I said I I wear I wear anybody out in your school. I don't care who it is because they just don't have the time in life that I have. What I mean by that is Kellen Moore might be smart. I was just about to say Kellen. But you can't get a guy in there that's just smart and say, hey, you're office coordinator. Yeah, you're smart, but you haven't come up through other coaches, man. You haven't come up through a bevy of coaches. And I often say this, man, Sean Payton is a guy, and I'm going to tell you about his resume because it came out the right way. Sean Payton is a guy that I think he was quarterback at uh, quarterback's coach or a quarterback at Tony Romo School. Then he went to some 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 uh, smaller schools and learned from all these different coaches. Man, he learned from some. Co- Sean Payton is the guy there, today because there's no doubt smaller coaches that unknown coaches. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We we Kellen Moore was handed the job, basically didn't deserve it, right? We we know the same thing. If you think about it, with Jason Garrett, it's the same exact. We Absolutely. talked about this the other day. You know, they retire, they become a quarterbacks coach for one year. The next year, they're offensive coordinators. They never came up, and then. To boot, the only the one thing you can say about Jason is at least he played some big games in Super Bowls and things like that. With Kellen, Kellen was a third string quarterback. Kellen never played in any big games. He barely threw the ball in general in the NFL. Never did anything successfully in the NFL. And then he gets in here and he's coaching the guy that beat him out. And now and they're buddies. It, you just it's not going to work. That's not going to work when it comes time to nut up and get into the playoffs and beat quality coach teams. That's right. And, and and so look look at this. So what we're saying is that he didn't get his job off merit, right? No, he didn't. Well look let's look at let's look at the let's look at the organization. I'm gonna let you go after this. The GM did not get his job off merit. The the vice president did not get his job off merit. Jason Garrett did not get his job off merit. Kellen Moore did not get his job off merit. Man, did, people understand that that you're not supposed to be here. Right. You you only reason you're here is for political reasons. You're a plant, man. And, and so what I'm what I'm saying is you can't have that in an organization. What we have to do is get people that earn their way there, right? And so I just this this organization, man, I 
Scott, I, I can tell you, I know you don't really like talking about this, but we do have to have a cultural change, man. This this can't no, no, continue no, no, no. to go on, man. Oh, I like I don't I like talking about a cultural change. I don't mind cultural change well, talk. I, I don't mind when we start talking about the seventies. That's a whole nother person I used to call it. I don't. Yeah, that ain't got shit to do with right now. But, but anyway, go ahead. Well, the thing the thing is, is that we don't like talking about the given, right? We don't want to talk about the things that we can't change. And, and Jerry is looking like it's a thing that that we that we can't change. So what we need is it's no different than this, man. I know I'm giving a lot of analogies today, but it's no different than. If you see this couple and they're going to to counseling or whatever marital counseling, they they telling they're telling uh, all their problems and they've been going to counseling for a year. And then, but but they made a pact before. Hey, we're not going to tell them about the infidelity in our in our relationship. That counselor ain't going to never be able to fix that problem because that's the root cause of it, right? And so, you know, what we have to do, man, we got to put all these things on the table and just say, hey, this is this is what's real. So if Jerry's the given, how do we get around that guy? And I'm gonna tell you. It, it's Sean Payton, man. That's the only thing that we can get. He got the he got the sneakest way in here, and then just come out and so be you, Sean Payton. I can tell and you, we, we become I can, Sean. I can tell huh? you just rolled up in here because I'm saying this. I said the same. Oh, thing. I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry, man. I said you need a coach who's gonna weasel his way in here, tell Jerry everything he wants to hear, and then when he gets here, start doing things his way and win, and say, "I dare you to fire me." That's the type of coach you need. You you don't need a coach that's going to weasel his way in here like McCarthy and then becomes a yes man because we know that has not been successful. There's only been two times yeah. in this organization where you've had a coach who's been confrontational or alpha mode and it's been successful. And it was, like we said, Bill Parcells and Jimmy Johnson. And I don't even think Sean would have to weasel his way in here. Sean has a relationship with this front office that he'll be able to get it um, maybe he might have to do a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, Jerry. We'll let you do this and do that. But when he gets here, he does his own thing. You can't complain if you're if you're winning. If you're not Absolutely. winning with Sean Payton, and it is what it is. But I think Sean is the guy. If it's next year. And and the thing about it is, I I would say this, and I'm gonna let you go after this. It's about the way you you it's about your entry point. Are you coming in on on bending knee trying to beg for the job? Because if you're doing that then you're you're not going to get the clout that you need within the organization. You got to stand, you know, and say, hey, look, Jerry, this, that, and the other. But what it is is can you stand because, you know, can you stand the pressure when Jerry tries to get out of the public, you know, when you do some things. But the thing is that Sean Payton's resume stands for itself. And so Jerry wouldn't be able to get by that. You know what I'm saying? It's not you get these other guys, these Dave Campos, they have no resume. You know what I'm saying? He's Sean Ga- uh, Gailey's, I mean, uh, my, I don't know if it's Ga- uh, Chan Gailey, they have no resume. And so Jerry can, you know, be the big guy there. But if you get a Sean in here, uh, then people look at him and be like, uh, Jerry, what are you talking about? This guy here has been to this many NFC championship games, this many Super Bowls, and coached this quarterback, and we know he's an offensive genius. What are you talking about? And so, man, it, it, I just wanted to let you know that, man, and uh, I want to get out of here. Sound like sound like great minds to think alike, man, and um, – is this that therapy session? I appreciate your show, man. We all need this outlet or whatever. And so I just wanted to let you know I do appreciate you, brother, and you have a good day. Thanks, OG. That was uh, fire talk from OG. Give him a bomb. I can always count on him. See, that's the history I like to hear about you. I know the other person I'm talking about. I like to hear this kind of history with him. There was a lot of nuggets in there that I didn't know about, the recorded conversation aspect of it and things like that. Uh, but yeah, man, we great minds, man. Great minds think alike. I just I love the way you put it because you came through both of those. I came up through the 
Parcells era. You came up well before that, so you're able to kind of put those two things together. But we're we're all in agreement, man. This is the type of alpha, the type of attitude, the type of coach you need to have in here. And I'm a conspiracy nut, and I don't really want to talk about this actual conspiracy theory, but just know, politically speaking, there are there. I believe there was a person that weaseled his way into a high-ranking official and then did things his way and then paid for it. But things get done that way. Things may have to get done that way. And I think that's what's going to have to happen in Dallas. Um, it, it seemed like maybe Mike was that guy to weasel his way in here, do things, eventually turn it around. But maybe not, right? Because not even maybe not, definitely not. Because he can't even call his own plays, right? Uh, he can't even get rid of his offensive coordinator. It, he doesn't have control over getting rid of the OC, which is wild to me. Your head coach is supposed to want hire whom he, he wants to hire. They said, you know what, McCarthy? F up the defense year one. We don't care about that. Can't get rid of my guy, though. Think about it for a second. How many my guys defensively as Jerry had. He never had a my guy over there. He don't care about defense. Got a my guy offensively. Got my guy, Jason Garrett. Got my guy, Kellen Moore. Last decade, we've went through how many countless defensive guys? Lucked into Dan Quinn. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Peter Rizzo says dysfunctional at best. Well, let me go back to what... Um, like Irvin said, I had the quote here. Find it, y'all. I got these glasses for a reason. I believe it was something that disorder creates dysfunction. There it is. When you have disorder, you get dysfunction. It's heavy. That's heavy because it's true. There is disorder in this organization. We know that. I say it all the time. I know what I'm talking about when I say you got to overcome it. And I, and I keep giving my examples of ways to do it. And that is my my example of a way to do it as a coach, man. You just got to have some balls and say, just fire me then. We're going to do it my way. I'm. Uh, we talked about this last year. I'm going to go down, or two years ago. I'm going to go down riding my way. And if it doesn't work, fire me. Cool. If it works, got a Super Bowl out of it, right? Either you can be in your feelings and get rid of me like Jimmy Johnson I don't give a damn. I'm a folk hero in Dallas. Think about this for a second. If Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl and got fired next the, the following year or what have you, the following offseason, a month later, do we Cowboys Nation is going to look at Mike McCarthy and say, thank you, build a statue. He'll be a hero here. Jerry will be the villain. So do it your way if your way works. I'm actually going to end the show on that call because that was uh, that was a fire was fire call, man. Fire call, fire call. Y'all see, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some other things. I'm not going to let y'all talk me into this because we, we're not going to do that. We're going to end it on on how B Bird and OG just ended that right there. We're not going to go back into the rabbit holes y'all like to go in because y'all figure y'all y'all seem and assume to think one person wins a championship in this here NFL which is which is furthest from the truth uh oh wait a minute the boss just texted me said boss in the building okay well let the boss in here then we gonna end this show I didn't know boss was in the building let me save you 
What up, man? I ain't know that was you. What up? What up, Sky? My bad, man. You should have been hit me up here. Let me let me, let me save you. Here. No, no, man. You good, man? I I I was uh, I just want to talk about maybe some solutions that I think we could all do together. Sure. Uh, and I just want to just kind of talk to everybody that's supporting this, the morning show, uh, the best morning show period out of all the networks. Uh, so one thing I would it's say heavy. is we have to organize like we have to and believe in ourselves as a fan base that we do have a degree of power uh it starts with stuff like sharing this content like so everybody that's listening in the last time i checked it was over 300 people so if 300 people shared this to all their favorite groups and put a personal comment about this particular show which did an amazing job of exposing the dysfunction and let me tell you the power to me of what just happened today. It's the timing. So the timing of Michael Irvin coming out, with mm-hmm. Aikman coming out, with Kurt, Kurt. coming out. Yeah. Those are all three Hall of Fame voices that actually have way more weight than we do. But then there's also algorithm behind all of this to where there's trends. So as people forward stuff and post stuff and hashtag stuff that's how we also put the volume of numbers with the weight of those hall of famous voices to cause it to be some kind of vibration uh an aftershock to the cowboys is it an absolute no but it's something that we should do something because we all know this was a super bowl talented team that was wasted and, and exposed now that it was mostly politics and if anybody doubt that it works uh, we got to really just kind of think back of what what was what was going on when the last Jason Garrett was fired. When the last Jason Garrett was fired, the fan base was fully united. It was no more scapegoats. It was no more Scott Linehan's. It was no more days that you could blame. We was all focused on the core. So if we, in my opinion, if we all just put in the work together and just do our part, not rest on our hands, not sit back and say, well, it's me, but take action, organize. Sky in this game because he organized his voice. I'm in this game because I organized my voice, and we amplified our voices, but there's also amplification that can happen from shares, from likes. There's a system to this that I think we should all should work. I, I think your mantra, your voice matters, is, 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 is awesome because it's true. I think we've seen that a few times, right, where now with social media, People like us, our content is getting to the media that actually asks these questions to the Mm -hmm. front office or to the coordinators or whatever. And and the one that the example this year, I think, was the Amari Cooper stuff. We here in the community, we've been talking about it for weeks. It it wasn't new to us. Yeah. We kept saying what is going on. And then I guarantee you the one of a tweet, a statistic, a clip, a show, whomever got to somebody in that media room. Then they asked Kellen Moore the question. And I'm glad you clipped it out because it it, 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 it illustrates the issue. And Kellen went on right. and kept saying, yeah, you know, we got to get them the ball. Or, or, or no, he said, we don't want to narrow our focus down to one person. Oh, yep. see, oh. we wouldn't have got that answer if we didn't put the pressure mm-hmm. on them to ask that question. So right. the whole Your Voice Matters movement, that, that is the example for me 
this year because that was a question we have been asking amongst ourselves in the community for weeks, and it finally got you know, right. asked uh, in December. Yeah, and it amplified. So it's, and a lot of people don't think they matter. If you don't think you matter, you don't matter. But if you think you matter, you will matter. But it takes action. Uh, and I, I personally believe this. We can't say, please, they quit. Well, you quit, you know. Did you quit is the question. Are you sitting up here crying because we lost? Or should we be thankful that we lost the way that we lost so that we can really get loud about the same old problems, you know? And if we do that, it increases our chances. Is it absolute? No. But do I want to just sit back and just rest and say, okay, it is what it is? Absolutely not. So it's just it's just one of those things to where, man, root for everybody. That's what I would say. Root for the people that's definitely putting out the information that's getting us closer to six, this show is definitely doing that. The timing is also epic. So I just want to encourage everybody, you know, because um, I like to respect other podcasters' privacy and, you know, and, and build a relationship before I be like a call-in like this even more than oh, I have man, with listen, Guy and others. You can and call I know I'm cool, yeah, but I'm just, that's just how I walk. <laughs> See, let me you tell you something, Cowboys you know what I'm saying? He, he being real humble right now, okay? He, he, this ain't no – he could come into the crib, get get the Kool-Aid. This ain't no guest stuff. We, 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 come on, man. Let, they know, yeah. for those that have been here – we did the draft show last year. I thought it was absolute fire. So this ain't nothing new here, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just telling you how I try to move with the brothers, you know, just, you know, amongst the community. But at the same time, I also want to just speak to the fans, like all of us together. That And it makes a difference. Perfect example was Amari Cooper. Because uh, this is how I see this guy. And then, you know, then I just peel out and just, you know, listen to you close out. Um, it's it's a couple of layers that need to come together. So the podcast community is exposed this com- absolutely and obvious. Mm. But then there's a layer of experienced players and Hall of Famers that's united against Kellen Moore. There's a few of local media people like Bron Broaddus that felt alone, and you can listen to the fan and tell that he was hesitant to really kind of bust slugs at Kellen because that's risky because we all know that's who's Jerry's boy, mm-hmm. the Trojan horse, you know. So everybody walks political. So it's about, to me, we're not uniting the voices and getting the local media, which Jerry listens to. If they stop, because when I listen to the local media, what I'm hearing a lot is Dak. I'm hearing Zeke. I'm hearing why didn't Pollard get snaps. But they're not paying attention, in my opinion, to the Hall of Famers that just spoke. They're not paying attention enough to the podcast community who's proven the case that it's a system versus playmaker philosophy. You know, they both spelled it out specific and it's not highlighted in our local media. Like, if you look at what they said, the playmaker said it's all over the league now. It's just what it is, and it's not going to change. I got some theories about that, obviously. I think everybody wants to copycat what works, so people looking at New England and their cheap-ass ways of trying to get talent at the receiver position. That's why Brady left and said, let me go where the weapons are, mm. you know, or he was going to go out like a chump in New England. He was. You know? But he said, let me go where the weapons are so I can finish my career right and look at him, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So everybody copying cat New England, then we fell into it because Scott Linehan lost 
Calvin Johnson, but had a good year after that with great receivers, but not a Hall of Fame receivers. Developed this silly philosophy that mirrored New England that, oh, yeah, we don't need a number one. So they came in with a Dez and was like, uh, oh, Dez smash, you know, whatever, whatever. Then he got to go. Then we rescued with Cooper. Then it's Cooper Schmooper, we got C.D. Lamb. And it goes all the way back to these systems that's trying to put it on genius boys versus playmakers. You heard what Aikman, and Aikman said. <laughs> yeah, they exposed it. So we got to echo that truth, in my opinion, as a whole group. Well, we, so, so I'm going to start it off by – we, I'm going to shut the hell out of this show. I'm just telling everybody. I'm going to shut the hell out of this show. I believe the campaign on that. I'm going to share this to 30 hold groups. On, hold on. We we talk about it ad nauseum. I think like yeah. you talk, the local media won't ask the questions that really need to be asked. I think it's it's Vach who always jokes about it, man. They don't ask the right questions. I, I, I joke about it, too. I, I told Jesse, I said, yeah, see, man, let, they let me in the room. I probably won't last that long because I'm not going to – I'm going to ask the questions I, that we need to really know. But there is a – this is probably why it's so hard to get credential in Dallas for the Cowboys because there is a selective type of media, type of person, type of group that they want to control. And you can hear right. him on the radio essentially, right? I mean, th- 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 let's just be real. He low-key kind of the mob. I mean, let's just be real. He has pull. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't like you and the questions that you ask, you're not going to be invited back. So they're not going to get those type right. of people in there. If he don't like what you say on the radio, you know what he's going to say? I don't like your attitude. Get your damn act together. Yep. I don't like your attitude. Right. How many times has that person, I can't remember what show it was, when he said, I don't like your attitude. How many times did he come on here with some hard-nosed questions to get real answers out of Jerry, right? Probably not, not a lot yeah. since then. So, you know, that, that that's just where we're living now. We need this local media, like you said, to put pressure on them, too. Um, yeah, we definitely need the local media. Because if, if those dots connect, it's going to put epic pressure then on Jerry because he's going to be personally hearing it. Seeing the analytics are registering from us, the people that's sharing, hashtagging, doing all the organized social media stuff, and then he also heard it from guys that won him Super Bowls. Mm. That would be a full circle and a whole lot of gas on the phone on Kelly Moore. So I'm going to do that part, like, in terms of sharing, because, you know, talk is cheap, so let's, let's get to work. No days off. Um, and, and you know, let's get us in a position to get six. Because cause let's, cause let's also talk about a couple of good things. The big thing is we got Will McClay, y'all. That's, that's for real. We've proven we can get talent. We just got to fix culture now. We not dead, Cowboy Nation. No. We just mm. we just humbled. You know? nah. we we we're, we're always as long as we got Will McClay, uh, I think we'll we'll always be in contention, especially with this core. But uh, the core can only get you so far. You're not going to win Super Bowls unless you have quality coaching, right? Unless you have quality management. That's just facts. Look at the great Super right. Bowl teams and organizations that consistently are playing for in January, right? In February now, they are managed well and they are coached well consistently. And for whatever reason right. in Cowboys Nation, there's a group of fans that, that they, they do ignore that. Trust and believe. They put it on one person that's usually the quarterback or they'll put it on the running back or they'll put it on a receiver or they'll put it on this and that. It is it takes so much more. I don't I don't know how you can look around the league and sit here and assume that one person is responsible for winning a championship. Do you know how hard it is 
to win a Super Bowl. I'll tell you, Dan Marino has none. Aaron Rodgers has one. Drew Brees has one. Peyton Manning has one. I ain't giving him the second one. The second one was the defense, but whatever. He was there for long for the ride. They have, you know what I'm saying? It took a total team and organizational effort to win these things. It's so easy to look around the league and notice that, but for whatever reason here, it's, hey, man, this person ain't getting it done. It's all that person's fault, and that's goofy to me. Right. Yeah, can I say one last thing, big bro? Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, Cowboy Nation, I know we all mad at Jerry. I do want us to kind of just pause and take a step back and try to think like Jerry for one second. That's hard to do because a lot of us can't even imagine what a billionaire is like. But Jerry has been right so much his life that he's addicted to being right and trusts himself to an unhealthy place. But that's understandable because trusting himself made him a billionaire, made him risk $200 million to, to take a dead team, got us three Super Bowls, took gambles by firing one of the Hall of Fame coaches and Tom Landry and putting in a, a rookie, Jimmy Johnson. He put his nuts on the line. So he used to being right. So when it comes down to somebody like him, we all get mad and, and, it, and, it, and it appears to be ego. Sometimes it's ego, sometimes it's confidence, but he has a blind spot. And, and we have to, to me, just like in the finish with this, just let's keep the pressure on. Because if he looks at the weight of all of us saying the same thing, then the person with his type of success will reconsider. If we just look at our history, one thing we can all say for sure, under this current regime, when they see their problems, they do solve them fast. Remember we, we went bad in 2018 because of the swing tackle? Have we had a bad swing tackle since? No. We knew see, defense was a problem. But see, they, What did they, we do? Fixed it quick. They, but, see, they look at problems without a mirror being in front of them. That's the issue. Yeah. Put the mirror in yeah. front of you. Because yeah. once you put that mirror in front of you, then you'll realize what the real problem is, and the rest will fall in place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know I mean? Did they? Yeah. yeah. They see everybody well, else's that's, that's problems. That's sure, y'all. Yeah. Hey, appreciate yeah. you, boss. Man, I, that's good, good stuff, yeah. man. And I'm sure, right, like I said about, about, about uh, Foots, I'm sure we'll be doing some work in the offseason as well. So y'all look out for that. Oh, absolutely, man. We it's nothing but work to do. No days off. All right, brother. All right, brother. Good stuff from boss, man. Good stuff. And he's right. I mean, they they definitely hey when, when they're married in front of them, they definitely you know what? That's a problem. You go fix that. That's a problem. You go fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put that damn mirror in front of you. That's a problem. I need to fix that. If I fix that, I won't need to fix anything else because someone else will do it. <laughs> And, you know, we talked about Will McClay being the guy. Uh, see somebody here say he's general manager. He might be the general, but he ain't the manager. <laughs> I said this a bunch of times. Will McClay is only allowed to do but so much, and that's essentially be the guy that goes to the grocery store. That's essentially what Will McClay does, and he does it very well. Steven will say, hey, Will. This is the kind of gumbo, this is the recipe that, or this is the the meal that we want, the kind of meal that we want. I'm not telling you the exact ingredients to get you, to go get. But I'm telling you, this is the price range we can't go over. This is the type we don't want in regards to personality, right? Things like that. 
But this is the meal. You go get the ingredients that falls under what I require to make the meal. Handicaps you a little bit, right? Like if you know, damn it, if I go get this this spice or whatever, it's a couple extra dollars. But man, it it, it might it, it might make this thing bomb. No, 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 no. Well, I didn't. No, we're not getting that. So Will does what Will Will can do. He's signing the check. <laughs> He's not signing the check. It's not his say. So I don't I don't agree that he's the general manager. Might be the general, but he ain't the manager. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, the the if they would allow him to be the general manager and just let Stephen Jones run the money aspect of trying to be the cap wizard in the sense of, hey, coming to my cap guy, this is who we want. How do we make that work? This is who I want to trade for. How do we make that work? Instead is Instead, it's this. If Will McClay does legitimately want a guy, hey, this is who we want. Are we allowed to get him? That's what it is. So that's why I don't believe Will McClay is the general manager of this team. Be nice if he was. Man, great show today. Great cause. You're awesome in the chat. I know, Like I said earlier in the week, this was going to be the week mostly about therapy. I mean, we'll get to some more probably next week too, but <clears throat> I believe... I'm going to start my first series of the offseason, and that is Hindsight 2021. Don't hold me on it. Pencil it in. I think that's what I'm going to do, though. Um, And in the middle of all that, I'm going to try to get back into the lab of college. So I'm going to take our draft needs, things like that, and then start looking at uh, some players, researching, talking to my draft guys, getting them on a show in the middle of all of that stuff. But I think... The first series I'm going to do is Hindsight 2020. Uh, We'll stick to a specific position. Um, I don't know if we'll do one position a show a day. I think we'll do a position, maybe possibly a week. And in that week, maybe in two, three days, we'll take care of all the players. So Hindsight 2021, I believe, is what we'll do next week. And uh, as well as me doing my due diligence to understand this draft class so that we can figure out who we want. Yeah, Oscar, Tyler Linderbaum is, is definitely the, the, the most popular name that I have been seeing over for months. And I, I liked also Nicole Dean and um, Jordan Davis, which I liked last year. I was hoping he came out this year. But but that's, that's, that's the low-hanging fruit. I understand that. Um, but I'll start to do my homework so that once we get into the draft season, like really getting to the the uh, on the clock series, I know what the hell's going on. So appreciate y'all for joining. This has been, uh, like I said, man, fire show, absolute fire show. I'll upload the audio for you guys to listen to all weekend because you're probably not going to listen to it in one sitting. So you'll have all weekend to do so, and uh, y'all enjoy y'all weekend. You know, no Cowboys football. So who y'all got in these games? Let's take a look at that real quick before we go. Bengals, Titans. Who y'all got? Who y'all got in Bengals, Titans? We get out of here. Let's get, let's get a little. Huh? We got Cowboys Nation. Bengals Titans. I'm going to be real. I'm biased as hell. I'm rooting for the Tennessee Titans to go all the way to the Super Bowl because of A to Z Sports Nashville. Zach Austin, all those guys down there would be fantastic to see them have that kind of success. Um, it'd be fun. So I'm rooting for the Tennessee Titans in that manner. Are we still here? Yeah. All right. So I got the Titans in that one. Um, Niners, Packers. 
I, Nick, I understand you don't care, but I'm just just having some fun here on the way out. Niners, Packers, who y'all got? Honestly, that's a tough one. Always believe the Niners was a team that can knock somebody off because they have that that recipe, that playoff recipe, right? Good defense, running game, but it always ultimately comes down to Aaron Rodgers is on the other side, and you got Jimmy G. So if your defense don't come out here and play lights out, I got the Packers. Got the Packers. Uh, Rams, Bucks. That's a tough one, man. Bucks been playing better. But the Rams, I think, are a better team than they were early in the season when they beat the Bucks. No, I mean, Leonard Fournette may come back to play. I don't know. But no Antonio Brown. No Chris Godwin. It's going to be tough. I'll tell you something right now. If, if, if Matt Stafford get to the Super Bowl or win this game and y'all truly don't believe in coaching absolutely mattering, if Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Stafford are the two quarterbacks in the NFC Championship and y'all truly don't believe coaching matters, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go Rams. Bills, Chiefs. That's a tough one. I really like Josh Allen. I really like the Bills. They play with swagger. Whew. But the Chiefs are playing some really good ball. Same, same thing earlier. The Chiefs aren't the same team that the Bills played earlier, but in a good way. Bills whooped on them earlier in the season at home. And they, they got to go back to Kansas City. Yeah, go back to Kansas City and try to get that victory over there. Mm, that's, I think that's actually going to be the best game of the weekend. Bills, Chiefs. I got Chiefs, Chiefs. Damn, that's a tough one. More Chiefs. Go with the Chiefs. I, I, I think the Chiefs will pull it out. So that, those are my picks, man. Titans, Packers, Rams, Chiefs. And on that note, we are going to head on up out of here. Press this button real quick because y'all know how we do. And y'all enjoy y'all weekend. This has been A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Your boy Skywalker is out. Enjoy the weekend, man. Hey, I noticed some Niner fans were still here. But why? I don't understand that. But hey, appreciate y'all being here too, man. Keep your heads up. We'll be back, man. We'll be back, Cowboys Nation. Check y'all out on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. We out of here. Peace. Shout out to Stevie Matt. The mod god. I want me some glory help.